Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag 3, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this This is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over depression. (laughs) Hey, why the fuck is the gas so high? I believe in the sand beneath my toes. The beach gives a feeling and a deep feeling. I believe in the faith that grows. According to my measures, we are seeing the biggest decline in the S&P 500 now since March 23rd of 2020. The concerns here about some of these recessionary fears. The Fed has, in fact, raised the benchmark lending rate three quarters of a percent. Largest rate hike since going all the way back to 1994. Retail sales off for the month of May down three tenths of one percent. Sixty percent of Global CEOs expect a recession in the next 12 to 18 months. Let's go, Brandon. Joe Biden says a recession is not inevitable. What we do know is the markets are reacting like it's inevitable. We think that too many people are not looking at the more reassuring elements of resilience in this economy right now. And they're not realizing that the American Rescue Plan put a historic number of people back to work. People have called it the great return to work. (laughs) I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. I doubt it. You are fake news. That was four days ago, five days ago. Very fake news. What a stupid son of a bitch. Jeez. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. No. We'll do it live. Fuck it. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best you can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen, flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. I am uh, pleased to report I had an excellent Father's Day thanks to my lovely wife and son. My first Father's Day, unless you count the clump of cells that he was <laughs> last year at this time. So that was a lot of fun. Did you do anything special? No. I mean, Sundays are a work day, you know, but we did get some outside outside time today and he had a very um, energetic bath before bed just now. But that is... Uh, bed? Yeah. He's, uh, he's, you know, early to sleep, early to rise. Isn't that what they say about uh, productive people or something like that? Yeah, you'll make a really productive baby. <laughs> he's got a lot of work to do, a lot of skills to develop. Seemingly, though, less of a great Father's Day weekend for the president who accidentally filmed a life alert commercial yesterday. That's right. It turns out that uh, not even Joe Biden's bike supports him either. Joe Biden <laughs> falls attempting to dismount his bike while on vacation in Delaware. Is it really major news? Probably not, other than it's a perfect metaphor for the state of the country. Complete collapse, but those in power insisting everything is actually fine. It reminds me of the time Joe Biden fell up the stairs of Air Force One. 
another perfect metaphor for his presidency. How is he continuously, <laughs> continuously falling, but still falling. rising? Yeah. This is another moment like that. We'll take a look at, at the fall and the state of the economy. Uh, plus, staff of Stephen Colbert's Late Show are arrested after breaching a house office building with Adam Schiff's assistance. Don't hold your breath for the primetime hearings for this insurrection, though. Uh, Dr. Fauci has Corona, but he Dr. is still. <laughs> hey, that you can't make fun of that kid. That kid had uh, some some issues. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to. <laughs> Fauci uh, has Corona, but he's well enough to spar with Rand Paul again on Zoom. Take a look at that. A couple of important points made. And an Illinois police officer is surprise attacked by an uninvolved hatchet wielding man during a routine traffic stop. I don't know if this is confirmed jihadi, but it seems pretty jihadi. That's my bet on what this hatchet, was. I don't know. Is, is Hatchet's not really their jam. I don't know, man. It's bizarre footage. <laughs> we'll take a look at that later in the show. Plus, we'll make up for last week's lack of hoax hate with a few entries this week. And before we get out of here, tonight's movie review is The Jerk. So stick around for that. And of course, we will catch up with all your super chats in between topics. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show. Because we are no good low-down money grabbers, we'll get to as many as we can before 11.30 p.m. Eastern. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show-related and support the show over on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. We have the show store up and running over on the site. We have shirts. We have hats. We have mugs. We have it all. Plus, we have great offers from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Hero Soap Company. Do you love freedom? Do you love being clean? Then you'll love Hero Soap Company, made in the USA, chemical and fragrance-free, a portion of each purchase donated to veteran and first responder charities. Initial subscription purchase is matched bar for bar and sent overseas to deploy troops. Let freedom clean. Hero Soap Company. That's right. When you try Hero Soap Company, not only are you getting a great smelling all natural product, not only are you supporting military service members at home and abroad, not only do bald eagles circle you in admiration of your patriotism, but when you subscribe, Hero will send their soap straight to your door each month so you never have to remember soap at the store again. And if you're not a bar soap person, no problem. Hero also offers their soaps in a liquid form as well. Hero Soap offers listeners of this show 10% off all their products using promo code MCLISTENER. That's promo code MCLISTENER for 10% off everything from Hero Soap Company. Find everything you need from our friends over at Hero Soap, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Western Razor Company, Phoenix Ammunition, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners for listeners. Now, uh, I have to get to the important business before we get to the real news. Uh, recall a few weeks ago, and perhaps people have <laughs> noticed my subtle new set piece that I think will be this week and this week only. But I have to give proper credit to the person who sent this to me. Recall a few weeks ago, we featured a story of, uh, of a hateful Hawaii license plate. Police and media trying to track down this man who somehow obtained the legitimate Hawaii license plate. FCK BLM, as in fuck Black Lives Matter. And the effort 
among law enforcement to try to repossess this plate from him. I said at the time that the plate is a piece of history. I hope that guy never gives it up. I would be honored to have it personally, perhaps even willing to uh, pay a price to own it. Well, thanks to some kind listener out there, I received <laughs> the next best thing in the mail this week. My very own mock fuck BLM Hawaii license plates. Not the real one, but it does look the part. I have no idea who sent this. It was <laughs> quite the surprise in the P.O. box this week. But if that's you, you are a legend. I will cherish it as it should be cherished. I should get it up bigger on the screen so you can see it's legit. Hawaii, the Aloha State, FCK, BLM. <laughs> I will. Uh, I don't. I. I don't know if I can keep it as a permanent set piece because it, re- it uh, requires a specific context to be understood. But I will certainly find a space for it in the office, and uh, it made my day. I sent you a picture of it as soon as I received it. I, I did, and I was like, "Is too. that real?" And you were like, "No." <laughs> Not that I'm disappointed. Ooh. I should have. I, I guess <laughs> I didn't think that. Like, obviously, there you can make custom fake plates for decorative purposes. I don't know why that didn't cross my mind, but. To the uh, member of the audience who was aware of that, thank you for uh, providing the decoration. I also have to say congratulations to you on, if not yet another hit piece, at least something that is as close to a hit piece that it has to count. Do you know much about this show? Did you even watch it? I actually did so. I started getting emails while I was just coincidentally watching the show. Because um, Ron Howard, you know, he, he makes a pretty good documentary. Hmm. And so I was like, oh, internet crime. So I watched, you know, the first episode and then I get an email that's like, you were featured in, in episode three. And I was like, they must think I'm somebody else because, you know, I'm kind of out of the game. But m- minute 26, 30, there I am with my terrible eyeliner saying something totally reasonable about gender. <laughs> yeah. like, I have you... said so much shit online. And this is what. Yeah. You scared me about it, and I happened to be at my desk doing some stuff, and so I thought, okay, stop what I'm doing. I got to go see this, and I went and scrubbed through the Netflix episode of, I guess, what's called Web of Make-Believe, Death Lies on the Internet, Episode 3, I'm Not a Nazi. <laughs> so I scrubbed through it. I see your face. I'm like, okay, I got to listen to this. And yeah, it's apparently some woman who I guess was radicalized. She says she was radicalized into being an, something of an alt-right trad wife. And um, and for some reason, they just splice in a, a clip of you saying one of the more reasonable things that you've ever said in your entire life. Oh, we're going to watch it. Ooh, I do okay. have the clip. But <clears throat> as I mentioned to you, I had to chop this up and reverse the image and distort it because they're so zealous in protecting their copyright on YouTube. I couldn't get around it. I, so they, they take one of your clips for fair use. That's fine. If I tried to do the same with them, it's a whole hassle. But oh, here's yeah. what I I can show you. <clears throat> They weren't demanding that people wore bonnets, but there was an expectation of femininity, of professionalism, of speak when you're spoken to. Women have become unhappier because they're neglecting their instincts and rejecting them for a misfit, maladapted masculine lifestyle. And they grin and bear it because women have a tendency to want to believe that everything is okay. I'm listening to podcasts about how the alt-right means that women are actually being appreciated for their femininity and who they are, and that feminism is cancer, that, you know, that uh, leftist women are cancer because you're not supposed to wear a dress and have a job, I guess. It appealed to me. It appealed to the fact that I could just be quiet and let him make the decisions and go with it. 
<laughs> Bitch, are you listening to yourself? I like how she was so much hotter, too, when she was under fashy influence. Now she looks like a bag of dog shit. Do you see her hair? What happened? I, well, yeah, I, <clears throat> we were talking about this a little bit before live, and I guarantee it was just putting on a dress and putting her hair in braids. It's not like she's drop dead or something, but she certainly looks better, more appealing than whatever this whatever this kind of lesbian look she has going on now is. And I guarantee what she's doing now is higher effort. It takes more time. Is her name that. Samantha? Can the live chat? I don't know. Because I knew we had some narc. I don't know. This seems fetty to me. She says alt-right, which nobody <laughs> does anymore. And then like, I've been plugged into the dissonant right for a long time. I've gone deep. Uh-huh. And I've been to some IRL stuff. And she's like, they were burning Jewish books and they didn't request that we wear bonnets. It's like, Every person that I've met in the alt right, fed, fed, know, fed, right, fed, fed, has fed. been normal, like pretty normal. Like there's mm. some weirdos, and stuff, but like this, I've never seen anything like this happen. Well, I, uh, I just want to offer my congratulations. When I did watch it, I got my hopes up because they played the clip of you, and it cuts right to her saying, "I used to listen to all these podcasts," and it shows her. You know, pressing buttons in her car dashboard. And I thought, this is it. This is it. She's going to press play. And my voice is going to come playing Would over those count? car speakers. And I'm going to be a part of this hit piece. No, I got shafted again. Ron as Howard, always. Though. Ron Howard. I know. Come on. It's just, I don't know. The, the whole thing about this, it was just such a surreal experience to turn on my TV. And there I am. Hmm. It made me feel both famous and anonymous at the same time. It was so weird. Hmm. It was the weirdest thing. Well, it's uh, episode three of this mini series. If you guys want to check it out with the worst name ever. What is it called again? Web of make believe death lies and the Internet. That is kind of a mouthful. Ron Howard. Come on. Did he have a stroke? Well, my consolation prize. (laughs) I missed out on the hit piece, but my consolation prize is my genius foresight or what I wish I could claim was because this was the most obvious prediction of all time. Yeah. Totally. Back when monkeypox broke out a few weeks ago, I said to you, it's from Africa and they're calling it monkeypox. There's no way that's going to last. And then I called you racist. The name is going to get changed for racism. Here we are a few weeks later. The World Health Organization has announced they're doing just that. They want to combat racism and stigma. So they are renaming it pox of color. We're going with pox of color. <laughs> uh, seriously speaking though no new name has been announced but it is coming i couldn't think of any other ones it's, i thought pox of color is obvious there's got to be something else but my mind are the pox in. actually a different color i don't your body? i mean they're pussy blisters aren't they there's got to be a an array <clears throat> anyway yes. uh in the meantime the cdc has released critical information you may uh remember the uh the sex guides they released during coronavirus well they have an updated one for uh, if you have pox of color, this is how it, it, they advise, first of all, that you don't have sex if you have pox of color. But if you do, then uh, here are some suggestions from the CDC. First of all, try virtual. If you can't do that, if you must be in person, <laughs> I don't even want to read what they wrote. But the image is the partners <laughs> sitting on opposite ends of the bed helping themselves apparently you're supposed to just gaze into the eyes how come you can say anal like 40 (laughs) times and then read that tim pool tweet which we're going to do later yeah you can't say masturbate i don't know that word is one of those that i just don't like but uh but yes you're supposed to do that on opposite ends of the bed from your partner or you can just sleep together wearing clothes and no matter what you do be sure to wash uh afterwards and some you're supposed to just dry hump each other wearing clothes 
I guess. I don't know. Or are just, they just talking about falling asleep next to your partner because that's going to offer no sexual gratification? I have no idea. There's not a lot of detail. It's mostly just drawings. The one thing you'll notice the subtlety about the drawings too. every couple depicted is a heterosexual couple, despite the origin and the spread being linked predominantly <clears throat> to homosexual intercourse. So <laughs> they're not going to mention that, though, in the uh, the Pox of Color guide here. Now, you mentioned uh, you mentioned the uh, anal friendly menu. Um, wait, I had a transition already. In here. Speaking of homosexual controversies. Recall, of course, the uh, the legendary surprise cringe entry of uh, last week's Postmates so-called bottom friendly menu. The menu for, as Tim Poole put it, avoiding shitting on a dick while you get fucked in the ass for Pride Month. (laughs) Well, on Tuesday, accusations surfaced that the concept itself was stolen, plagiarized from a man named Alex Hall, who posts bottom friendly recipes on his oh, TikTok good. account called but I was never going to have to stop to talk about this again. His TikTok account is called the bottoms digest. Wow. <sighs> Hall says he was completely shocked to see the postmates video. The video uh, said that postmates was the first to create a so-called bottom friendly menu, but Hall's has been running his TikTok account for over a year. As far as the rest of the ripoffs, Hall says he coined the term bottom friendly for his recipes. Postmates stole it. He says Postmates used similar colors, cadence and fonts in the presentation of their video. And Hall's phrase peachy clean recipes for a peachy clean time is also similar to Postmates Instagram caption on their video. You shouldn't miss a good meal for a good time and recall oh, the original God. video. Postmates also said, if you're planning on getting peachy this pride, that's the same word that Hall used in a statement to Mashable. A Postmates spokesperson said, quote, our team has been in touch with the Bottoms Digest. We appreciate their work and we hear their feedback loud and clear in regards to our shared goal of addressing a more inclusive sex education. Mashable's article here, the very last sentence or paragraph. (laughs) accuses postmates of capitalize uh, of what, what does it say here let me get it right uh capitalist pink wa- uh pink washing capitalist pink washing oh. one more time capitalist pink washing apparently that's the practice of stealing gay people's idea or ideas and then the erasure of those gay people for the purpose of cashing in on pride month by a corporation capitalist pink washing Okay, anyway, I'll I'll move on since I can tell you're not a fan of this particular story. I mean, plagiarism is bad and they clearly plagiarize off this guy. But the (laughs) fact that there are there's a there's a dude and an organization that this has occurred to really troubles me. You know, Uh, apparently the TikTok account has a pretty sizable following, too. I don't know exactly how many, but it's established. We have some of the tallest buildings in the world. Did you know that? Uh, No, I'm not an architecture expert. But I disavow the implication. Moving on. Uh, Last week, we discussed uh, what was said to be a done deal. An agreement announced between 10 Republican and 10 Democratic senators on gun control. The deal primarily included money for states to set up red flag laws and a more thorough background check process for those under 21 buying semi-automatic rifles. uh, Among some other provisions. Well, now it looks like the deal is falling apart or is at least stalled. On Thursday, Texas Republican Senator John Cornyn 
the lead Republican negotiator appointed by Mitch McConnell walked out of the talks, making it unlikely there will be a vote on any bill before the uh, two week July 4th recess. This is a surprise. Well, there are apparently two provisions that are causing the holdup, one involving the red flag laws or the support for them, and one involving the so-called boyfriend loophole. This is what I was a little bit confused about last week. About Did domestic you say abuse. Boyfriend loophole? That's what they're calling Sorry, it. Sorry, my mind's still yeah. on this peachy bottom thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe they stole that term from <laughs> the uh, bottoms digest as well. But uh, but the, the, it's these two provisions that are causing the holdup here. So on red flag laws, again, if you're unfamiliar with the term, these would be laws that enable a court to order someone's firearms seized if the court deems that person a threat to himself or to others. Not necessarily, in fact, uh, by design without any time uh, or any type of uh, conviction or even a charge. Right. It's not like you've been convicted of a crime and have to sacrifice your firearms because of that. They just the court thinks that you're a dangerous person. So they take them. They send police to take them anyway. It's a it's a an arrangement that has been deadly in a few occasion, uh, a few instances across the country already in recent years. Um, recall, though, the, the, the idea here is not for the federal government to do that. The idea is to is for the federal government to offer grants, to offer money for states to set that up, set up their own programs. Well, Cornyn and Republicans want states to be able to take that money and repurpose it for other things like mental health or school security or other ideas. Not necessarily that you have to use them for the money for red flag. Democrats disagree with that. So the holdup is. This money that's available to states, does it have to be red flag or not? Republicans don't want it mandatory red flag to cash in. Right. Okay. On domestic violence, we discussed last week, current federal law prohibits a person convicted of even misdemeanor domestic violence from uh, from possessing a gun. Um, but only if that violence was, in fact, domestic, as in in the same home. So it has to be violence against someone you are married to or you live with or you so have a child with. So if you beat up with. a woman on the street, that's not... Wouldn't count. As long as what it was a misdemeanor. What if you beat up your wife on the street? Probably would count. Uh, yeah, you're married. So even an ex-wife, I think, would count. But the point is, it, it, and this is what separates this too, is a misdemeanor, say, assault or battery in that case would prohibit you from firearm possession. A generic misdemeanor or assault or battery like a bar fight would not. Okay. And so what they're, what they're trying to do is say that we want to expand what counts as domestic violence to include simply dating. So this new idea would prohibit people from having guns on even a misdemeanor conviction involving someone you are dating, not even living with, as long as the relationship is, quote, of a romantic or intimate nature. Okay. But uh, Republicans are concerned the standard is too broad. Cornyn said, uh, quote, this has got to be something other than, you know, one date. I, I can I can see basically what you're worried about is someone like, well, Amber Heard's a bad example because they were married and they lived together. But let's say you go on one date with Amber Heard and she becomes yeah. vindictive and weird. All of a sudden, she, you know, if she's able to secure some kind of misdemeanor uh, accusation or charge or conviction against you, then you have to surrender your guns, which I could see as a situation ripe for abuse. Definitely. In general, to, I mean, if you ask me, um, I don't care whether it's in the home, outside the home. If it's not a felony, I, I'm not necessarily all that concerned about it. I, I think this better standard is felony versus misdemeanor rather than who did you assault or why. But uh, that's just my two cents. Uh, and and before we get too far ahead, though, I would just want to rewind 
and remind ourselves the reason for all of this Buffalo and Uvalde. Neither one of these incidents had anything to do with domestic violence or dating violence. It's just whatever Democrats can scoop up to chip away at your rights and whatever certain cowardly Republicans uh, will do in the name of so-called compromise that, of course, always compromises in in one direction and never uh, in the other. Most likely path for this bill, this developing bill, nothing happens before senators start leaving for the holiday on Friday, June 24th. That's next uh, or this coming Friday. Talks probably resume in July, but we'll see uh, quickly. Also, uh, recall Whipgate from last fall, the uh, fraudulent wow, another story I thought we were done with. No, Whipgate's back. Whipgate <laughs> has returned. This was the uh, fraudulent scandal claiming that border agents in Texas had whipped illegal Haitian migrants from uh, horseback. Biden and DHS planned a swift investigation with public results and punishment for offenders, but no report ever came out. The agents involved were put on desk duty for six months. They were cleared of any criminal wrongdoing previously. But now the scandal is back and reports say they're going to get these guys for some made up offense of professional wrongdoing, not a crime, but professional wrongdoing. A federal source says DHS is preparing to discipline multiple agents for unspecified, quote, administrative violations. Okay. The source says the announcement is coming any day. The report was uh, made on Tuesday. We still have not heard anything specific or formal. So what are the potential repercussions of this? Probably professional punishment, like they get fired or something like that. It's non-criminal, so it has to be workplace punishment. That's so bizarre. Yeah. They're just going to make up some nonsense about how they violated their training or something like that. Um, the Give source them a class a misdemeanor and go to jail for two months. We'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, or they're going to say that the Haitian guy was actually their boyfriend and they're not allowed to own guns anymore. <laughs> the source uh, also says the accused agents will have a chance to respond to the charges. So promises of due process, I'm sure, just like with those red flag laws. Also, we got a little bit more information on what may have stopped the would be Kavanaugh assassin. Why didn't he go through with his plan? Potentially. Right. I mean. People were stumped, like, why did he call 911? Um, so Nicholas Roski, what happened was he traveled uh, all the way from California to Kavanaugh's house, and then he was um, about 10 blocks away, like kind of circling the house, and he saw some U.S. Marshals, and then he called his sister, and his sister convinced him to call 911. That's why he did it. Um, and then there was like... 30 minutes in between it, it should they, they don't know how long they texted or talked or anything but it does seem to be that she precipitated um his calling 911 which of course is yeah is good i mean she did the right thing it seems like the the logical explanation we know the gap that during the gap between his arrival and his calling of 911 he's texting his sister so Maybe he's texting other people or who knows, but it would seem that this would have a, a part to play in that. And obviously, I think that that's great from just a, a family perspective and a stopping of crime perspective and potentially stopping this guy from not just doing something that um, will damage himself, but of course, potentially take the life of another person. But in this context, of course, we don't have a counterfactual. We don't know what would happen if that conversation never happens. But he but, seemed prepared. This didn't seem like it was some kind of false attempt. He had all sorts of supplies. If this guy follows through on it and succeeds, it's legitimately history altering in all likelihood. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that, you know, it's more important that his life is worth more protection than anybody else's. But just the effects, the dominoes that would fall if this had actually gone through, uh, 
Well, I, I think the texts from the sister were uh, probably very important. So yep. we'll keep yep. an eye on that as well. Anyway, moving into the uh, the big news of the weekend. I wouldn't say it's on the level of you know, Biden falling up the stairs of Air Force One, like I mentioned. It the, was way uh, worse. You think this was worse? I thought this oh, was actually gosh. not as bad as that. I watched it like 30 times. What made it worse was that he had come to a stop. At yeah, least he was yeah. in motion when he fell up the stairs. This <laughs> was inexplicable. It's, uh, you know, as I mentioned, it either way, whichever is worse, they're both great metaphors for his candidacy, his presidency, and now the state of our, our country, uh, and specifically the state of our economy. It's just a completely ridiculous and unnecessary self-inflicted <laughs> fall, followed by reassurances that everything is fine, despite the fact that we can all see that things are obviously not fine. Yeah. And this was the photo of the weekend. It's uh, Joe in fetal position, curled up on the asphalt after yeah, falling off his bike. He was uh, biking with his family near his vacation home in uh, Rehoboth Beach. I think that's how you say that. But this is in Delaware. He and Jill celebrated their 45th anniversary over the weekend. And he stopped in front of a group of journalists and fans. And Biden attempted to get his right foot out from the pedal strap. He failed. And he tumbled over the bike onto his right side. Now, frustratingly, the video clips I've seen are all either cut very tightly or kind of poor angles that are obstructed by people. So you don't get a perfect look as to what exactly happened. Uh, but you get the idea. Here are a couple angles uh, to uh, show in general what the scene looked like. Now, hold on. Where are my clips? Here we go. This is elder abuse, man. When I read the headline, feel sorry for the guy. I, I don't know. When I read the headlines, I was expecting something a little more violent in nature, like going fast down a hill and just kind of skidding out or something like that. But no, it was just stopping and falling over. Uh, it's kind of hard to see exactly what happened. I did find one additional angle that shows another factor. It appears as though someone or something may have actually pushed the president over. I can't really tell, but you tell me what you see here. Crowd sounded a little more fired up in that one, though. I don't know. Yeah. Totally. Anyways, of course, CNN actively working on doxing the creator of that uh, edit, I'm sure. <laughs> and actually, you may have not seen what happened immediately afterward. This is not a creative joke edit. This is the most Joe recovery possible. Biden was helped up and he immediately got back to why I think he had stopped in the first place. And that was to get up close to talk to a little girl. Oh, no. Just wanted to smell your hair, that's all. I, I can't hear exactly what she asked. It was something about how fast he bikes or something like that. But there wasn't a lot of touching, at least this time, so credit where deal. Oh, man. 
The president did not suffer any injuries and did not require any medical attention. On Saturday night, Biden attended church and demonstrated for reporters his good health uh, and condition with a few spry hopping movements. Mr. President, how are you feeling? How are you feeling, sir? Good. There you go. (laughs) Okay. So sure, I may have embarrassingly uh, fallen onto my face, but look, I can manage some feeble hobbling. My two-year-olds can do that. (laughs) And yeah, does the bike fall matter all that much? Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe to the extent that this guy is beyond well beyond his physically capable years. But seriously speaking, not really. The, the metaphor for our country, I think, is is more important, in addition to the image that just screams weakness to the rest of the world, our I feeble know, old president falling down on the asphalt. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it, it's it's just a it's a symbol of, look, we're falling all over our faces. Uh, but all the while we're being told, hey, um, just look at this feeble hobbling over here. Everything's fine for what it's worth. Uh, Trump last night pledged that he will never even try to ride a bicycle. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. I make this pledge to you today. I make this pledge to you today. I will never, ever ride a bicycle. (laughs) You know? It's kind of an undignified thing for a president to do. (laughs) Fair enough. I I guess I don't need my president to ride a bike. That's fine. But... uh, Um, before we move on, I have figured out the Biden presidency. I figured out what's going on here. Hmm. So what they've done is they forced an old white man into power, then accelerated a collapse, and mm-hmm. then they can blame old white men for everything. That's what's happening. Uh, maybe. Maybe. It, <laughs> it's and then hard Kamala to- is going to come in and they'll ostensibly fix some things and then she'll have saved the day. I'm sure they'll fix a lot. But to your point, relative to Joe Biden, sitting around doing nothing is fixing things, quite frankly. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's what we're headed toward. I don't know, man. I feel I feel bad for the guy. This is just elder abuse. (laughs) He's a sad old man who's isn't he four years older than the average age of death? I should have I should have grabbed the clip because it was another piece of evidence, sort of like him saying we have the greatest voter fraud organization ever devised. There's another thing he said where you're thinking, okay, is that old man talk or is that legit? He was asked about some sort of policy issue. I can't remember. Maybe it was gun control. Maybe it was something else. He said uh, the exact quote was like, uh, we're talking about it. My team and I are talking about it to make up my mind, which you know what he means? Like we're undecided. We're going to discuss and come up with our decision. But the way he phrased it made it sound like they make up my mind for me. Well, they do. It's a makeup Brzezinski moment, you know? Yeah, probably. But uh, to your point, I, I really don't fear. I would I would have I don't fear a Kamala Harris presidency at this point, which is bizarre to say. Not that I want it. I just I can't imagine how much worse things could actually get without being in straight up civil war. Yeah. And uh, if things keep going this way at themes tonight, economic struggle, mm-hmm. economic desperation and two tiered justice systems. You think that's sustainable? You think that's going to go on for a long time without serious conflict? That's um, why no, it's I'm like, amazed that we've last this, lasted this. Long. So. You know, to the uh, to the actual issue that Joe's bike fall metaphorically represents. Yeah, we are having an economic bike crash and it just continues week after week. It, it's 
it seems like we're kind of repeating the same thing, but it's every week. These, the signs are worse and worse. We have several, including an official bear market in the S&P. What's that about? Right. So for people that don't know, a bear market is when um, a market experiences price declines. And so if it falls more than 20% from recent recent or like year to date highs, the Dow, the S&P, the NASDAQ, um, then you're in a bear market. So that just happened with the S&P as of close of trading on June 13th. It was 22% below its record on January 3rd. This is the first bear market since uh, the beginning of the pandemic, too. Yeah. Pandemic, pandemic. And then the Fed increases interest rates, which everybody expected, but it was more than everybody expected. 75 basis points. People were expecting um, less than that. 50% greater increase than they had initially told us they were going to increase it or suggested. So for people that don't know what this is going to cause... Um, Mortgage, car, and credit payments are all going to increase because the federal funds rate, which is the interbank lending rate, has increased. So they have to um, kind of uh, pass that cost along to consumers. Um, and then we're going to see more stock market declines and swings because um, increased prices means that people are reining in their spending. There, There's less demand for goods and services. And so um, this diminishes companies' earnings and investors are just not willing to pay uh, for shareholders. Um, <clears throat> and then it's going to affect the job market. Um, demand in companies, the first thing they do is try to cut down their prices in labor. Uh, I don't know how people can possibly say that we're not going to enter a recession. And then uh, taxes are going to go up to try to fund the national deficit. So we're really going to feel this. I feel pretty good that I refied for 2.25. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, so there there are almost no indicators that are positive except for their uh, desperately clung to unemployment rate, which we'll get to momentarily. But other than that, they really have uh no answers. Oh, did um I I skipped over we also had the retail spending dip. Oh yeah. Retail spending turns negative, which is obvious because in a recessionary pen, uh, period people are like, "Oh, well what can I cut back on?" Um and retail and food service spending um 0.3% decline, which is below the estimate of 0.1% increase. And everything I read about this, they said they didn't control for inflation in any of these numbers though. Hmm. I don't know why you wouldn't so do that. You're telling me that the the sales numbers were down even though they were inflated. Yes. So it's if that's the case, then this would actually then a 0.3 percent reduction would actually would be clearly worse be more than that. Yeah. Accounting for inflation. Um, and, but fuel spending, of course, has gone way up, way up. So uh, yeah. this is yeah. just retail and food services. And they have no good answers for um, any of this on the stock market. Uh, recall as recently as January, Joe Biden loved to brag about how actually he was the king of stock market growth. He did it to kind of mock Donald Trump. Well, now uh, officially all the gains from the Biden presidency that is dating back to Inauguration Day, January 20th, 2021, or right around there, uh, it, all those gains have been wiped out. So let's say that you bought into the stock market on day one of the Biden presidency, you have officially lost money, at least uh, using the S&P as a broad metric. Asked about this, uh, Jen Blackie gave a double embarrassing answer. First, she didn't seem to understand the premise of Steve Ducey's question that the market is indeed crashing. 
And second, she referred to, uh, she reverted to the uh, the tried and true Pootler scapegoat, and she had to read to remind herself of the Pootler scapegoat, which is a pretty bad look. Here's first Joe bragging in January, and then the press secretary with absolutely no explanation on Monday. The stock market. The last guy's measure of everything is about 20% higher than it was when my predecessor was there. It has hit record after record after record on my watch. President Biden once bragged about the stock market hitting record after record after record on my watch. How about now? Meaning the stock market. All the gains from President Biden's time in office have been wiped out. Flip, flip, flip. So, as you know, we're watching, we're watching closely. Uh, we know families are concerned about inflation in the stock market. You know, Putin, Putin's price hike, inflation uh, coming, coming out of a once in a generation uh, global pandemic. All, all of those things play a factor. Okay. Play a factor, eh? Oh, oh my God. God. Well, thank God they're watching closely. It's interesting because the other time she gets confronted about the stock market, she says, well, you know, we don't we don't pay attention. We don't actually watch the market fluctuations. Now they're oh, man. watching closely. So you can uh, put your faith in that. Maybe they should I try love watching this diversity, higher thing in public positions. It could not be better for right wing morale. That was a disaster. I I'm I'm trying to. It'd be a very difficult job to propagandize for Joe Biden. And like any job, when you hop into it, there's going to be a little bit of a, a break in period or a developmental period. She's what, three, four weeks into it? Still very, very bad. So. Oh, this is terrible. Anyway. Better this, though, than, um, you know, American Airlines pilots or whatever. <laughs> oh, that's coming too. I suppose it's less consequential in that way. Uh, now, as far as. um. As far as coronavirus being a factor here, we've talked about Putin and all that stuff, but to blame coronavirus for this downturn right now is just bizarre. How do you explain the market being in worse condition now when than it was when hospitalizations were five times higher back <laughs> right. at Joe Biden's inauguration and, and daily deaths were almost 20 times higher than they are now? Corona has absolutely no correlation. The market and our financial condition was better when Corona was worse. How could you possibly blame Corona for this? Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you find that answer dissatisfying, perhaps you will find some comfort in the great news of the weekend. Gas prices have dropped back under $5 a gallon. Oh, Lord. That's right. For who? It's still over five here. Uh, well, not in my state. You can still get it under five. You might want to cross the border and drive on over to Missoula for gas savings. I don't know. That couldn't possibly be worth it. <laughs> I, I, it's probably not. Uh, but yeah, the national average uh, price for a gallon of gas uh, or gallon of regular that is today is now four ninety eight. So uh, go ahead and top it off. Enjoy the savings. Yesterday, I posted a video explaining uh, how Biden's letter to the oil company executives that he sent this week, demanding that they expand production and lower prices, how that's all flawed in, in both of its premises. Uh, the premises being that the oil companies are intentionally reducing production and the, that they're doing this to uh, increase profits. You can check that out if you want all the details. But um, Jen Blackie from the podium added that oil companies need to be patriots. They need to lower the gas prices out of a sense of patriotism. 
we are calling on them to do the right thing, to be patriots here, uh, and not to use the war uh, as an excuse or as a as a reason uh, to not put to not put out a production, not to not do the capacity that is needed out there, uh, so that the prices can so that the prices can come down. Dude, does she understand free markets? You should be a patriot and operate at a loss. Nobody <laughs> ever responds to anything except for their financial incentives. That's the only way that our economy is reliable. Uh, what, what is she doing? Like, be a good person, take a huge financial, an insurmountable financial yeah. loss, yes. and somehow manage to sustain yourself? I have an idea about uh, patriotism uh, and financial sacrifice. How about you and the IRS stop being patriots and or start being patriots and stop taxing us? Stop taxing right. gasoline specifically. How about you be patriots? How Try about that. you stop taking a salary? Yes. Yeah. Be a patriot. Uh, did you know, by the way, the combination of federal and state taxes on a gallon of gas, about 50 cents, by the way. Seriously? So that's, you know, it's that's substantial. Yeah. 450 gas is still expensive, but I'd rather have 450 than five bucks. And that's just pure taxation. Be a patriot. Stop these taxes. Uh, are we actually the- going to have to get electric cars? <laughs> well then but then we're gonna have to figure out how to provide the electricity sustainably we just have a, a same problem of a different uh slightly different variety i suppose but the whole premise that they're pushing that it's so easy to, oh, you, you got to expand capacity just build an oil refinery and expand okay. capacity it's so easy and you're going to make a huge profit doing it if all that's true to your point there is a market incentive for someone to swoop in and do it more cheaply and more efficiently and steal all of those amazing profits from Exxon and the others. But of course, it's not that easy. In fact, it's one of the most regulated business moves you can possibly uh, try to make. I didn't know this before doing the video uh, for yesterday, but we haven't built a major refinery in this country. The last one started operating in 1977. Are you serious? There have been small operations. There's one in the Bakken that is of some significance that opened in 2020. But as far as major oil refineries, the last one opened in Louisiana in 1977. And there have been all kinds of efforts to open more U.S. refineries to build them. They have generally lost the legal battle of attrition. It's just the cost of regulation and litigation to actually get the project going. Just never it never makes it through all the hurdles. And of course, if you want someone to be a patriot and build a refinery, well, I want to know that that investment has a future 10 years from now. Right. These people five seconds ago, even right now, they're saying, you know, what's patriotic uh, uh, disinvestment or, or uninvesting, whatever word you want to use. Stop investing in oil. We need to not build more refineries. We need to dismantle the existing ones <laughs> and make sure that this oil has no future in this country. They're simultaneously telling you we don't want more oil. Also, build more oil infrastructure. Build more oil. Yeah, yeah. Why would you make the investment if they're telling you it has no future? Mm. Well, they're trying to box us into electric cars. That, that clearly is what's going on here, right? This is not I, an organic it would seem so. shortage. Well, keep in mind, they're also, I think they've announced an expansion of the, uh, the, the rate at which we're pulling out of the strategic oil reserve, too, which that's not helping very much on the gas prices. What it is doing is slowly depleting our emergency supply. Awesome. And if you want to get tinfoily about that, that seems a little odd, doesn't it? Don't we and won't we need that? Or are we actually trying to exhaust that under some sort of um, ulterior explanation? 
And sure, all, you know, all this gasoline stuff, all the stock market stuff, it's nonsense, but it's historic nonsense. It's historic nonsense from the first black lesbian to say such nonsense from the podium. And you know who else appreciates the nonsense? That's Dick Levine, our stunning and brave assistant secretary of health and human services. Dick Levine tweeted this week a picture of him and Jen Blackie with the pride flag saying, quote, when the first openly gay press secretary and the first openly trans assistant HHS secretary and four star admiral meet at the White House during pride, proud to be part of an administration where the White House where everyone can see themselves reflected in leadership. We've come so far. Here's to shattering more ceilings. So what? <laughs> sure. Wouldn't it be funny if he raped her with his female penis? <laughs> That's definitely disavow. That would not be funny. And that would be way less funny than Joe Biden falling off a bike, which is also not funny at all. No, not at all. But yeah, uh, no, it doesn't doesn't matter that your retirement is slashed. Doesn't matter that you're thinking about driving, you know, over to Missoula to fill up your your car because you can't afford gas. What matters is that a man dressed as a woman and a Haitian immigrant lesbian did it. That's what really matters. Don't they realize um, that this is going to gin up hatred for their respective communities? Maybe that's all part of the plan, too. Maybe the conflict is the design. Which is a shame because I really trusted the intelligence of Haitians before this. (laughs) What have you done? Why are you laughing? (laughs) I'm not. That was a very serious statement, apparently. It really was. All right. Well, you know, unfortunately for Joe, uh, even if if reverting to diversity appeals is the easy answer to get out of this, it really isn't. Joe even fumbled. Uh, on on attempting to do this, he lost track of the letters trying to pay respects to the alphabet mafia. We're also proud to have signed an executive order on my first day in office to combat discrimination against LGBTQI, excuse me, plus Americans. (laughs) I feel for him because it's so ridiculous. It's like a string of 40 letters all representing something that doesn't really exist. He thought that the I was a lowercase L thinking there were two L's, but the I is for intersex. Can't have two L's. What is intersex? What is it? Isn't that people who have like both genitalia? It's actually a biological thing. it's like the legit thing. thing. Yeah, it's a biological thing. So the only legit things are gay men and intersex. Uh, Definitely not lesbians. Yeah, they... Lesbians aren't real. (laughs) Okay, my my favorite uh, Joe moment of the week was not, in fact, his bike accident or his alphabet fumble. My favorite moment of the week was his speech for the AFL-CIO labor union. He got into that angry Joe yelling mode, saying that accusations of big spending are all lies. Big spending has nothing to do with the state of the economy. And even if it did, well, it's a good thing because he's changing lives. Republicans like to portray me as some kind of big spender. Ladies and gentlemen, this year, by the end of the fiscal year, we will have cut the federal deficit by another $1.6 trillion in one year. So when they come to you and talk about big spenders, let them know. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. Okay. That's a new one of my favorites, by the by the way, the uh, this lies sounder. I got to I got to deploy that. At I don't want to hear any more of these lies. <laughs> Barely coherent. If he's uh, but he is changing lives. I, I guess that's, that's true. true. It's, it's just in very damaging <laughs> yeah. ways. But um, 
you know, if your eyebrow raises when he says that he's actually reducing the deficit, uh, that's uh, because uh, it should be raised when he makes those claims. So even uh, if what he uh, was saying was true, he's talking about reducing the deficit. And oftentimes people confuse that term with the national debt as in what we owe for our prior expenses. The deficit refers to the difference between how much the federal government spends and how much it takes in. So that's not to be confused with the debt. Um, Joe, like pretty much all expanding. Yeah. Joe, like pretty much all presidents is adding to the debt, no matter how you want to calculate this. He just claims that he's doing it in smaller chunks than say Trump did at the end of his Mm -hmm. presidency. So, you know, good for you. Slightly less out of control credit card spending. That would be great, or at least that's what he wants to be great if that was true. But of course, it's not really true. According to factcheck.org, evaluating this claim at the end of April, Biden also said then that he's reducing the deficit by $1.6 trillion. That figure that he referenced in this speech is based on numbers published by the Congressional Budget Office in February 2021, and they were projections. Now, that date is important because one... What do you think they're comparing to in February 2021? Yeah, previous uh, previous numbers. The, the prior year of 2020, which uh, was garbage, happened to be a very reason. high spending, uh, high federal spending year. When you think of the uh, yeah. the CARES Act and all the massive spending that came out of the uh, of the uh, the pandemic, as they like to call it. So al- almost anything, any normal year would be a reduction in the deficit compared to 2020. 2020 was the biggest spending year in the history of the country, if I'm not mistaken. I think when the average American hears that, they think that the national debt has been reduced by $1.4 yeah. trillion. Dollars. Yeah. I think it's uh, probably- What is the a, national debt right now? Uh, isn't it like $30 trillion or some insane number like yeah, that? Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Almost $30 trillion. Yeah. At, at some point, it just reaches- Wait, uh, over $30 trillion. A bajillion. It just reaches Garillion. a, a, yeah, yeah, a fictional matter. number. Um. At least in our ability to understand how large it is. Not that it doesn't matter, but it, it's just so large that it's hard to even comprehend the scale of it relative to any normal amount of money we're accustomed to. Now, the other reason that date is important, February 2021, is because those numbers were estimates from before the passage of the American Rescue Plan, the massive spending bill that Biden signed uh, the next month in March. I believe they also predate the infrastructure package that he's that he passed. So those numbers that he's referencing don't take into account the massive spending that he subsequently signed. And uh, and and uh, so you look so CBO was not considering those figures when they when they released those numbers. CBO's report for July last year when the new spending was factored in, there was no reduction in the deficit. It effectively evened out to 2020 levels um, and because the American Rescue Plan and the infrastructure bill also passed uh, or they included um, tax credits and spending over the next 10 years, two point five trillion has actually been added to the deficit over the next decade. It's it's commitments to spending that we haven't actually funded. <laughs> so, no, none of Joe's nonsense in that speech is actually true. And no, there's no escaping the fundamental reality behind most of our economic struggles, which is the fraudulent bargain of lockdowns when you reduce production. And you increase the money supply, you get more dollars chasing less stuff, which means stuff costs more dollars. There's no way around that, no matter what. Economics 101, they clearly know what they're doing here. Everyone except for Joe knows what they're doing. He is just the yelling old man puppet. Mm. And 
the only thing, the only spin they have, they keep going back to various versions of the line like Janet Yellen did the other week. Well, you guys are basically just too stupid to look at the real signs of just how good everything is. Don't look at your wallet. Don't look at your own family's budget. Believe me about some obscure metric that looks good from some skewed national scale that I talk about. On Friday on MSNBC, senior presidential advisor Gene Sperling said people need to look at the signs of resilience in the economy. You just you, you got to look closely, but they're there. The president believes a recession is not inevitable. Is that his natural optimism or based on something you can share with us? We think that that too many people are not looking at the more reassuring uh, elements of resilience in this economy right now. And they're not realizing that the American Rescue Plan put a historic number of people back to work. Their people have called it the great return to work. Who the hell called it that? The, that is the, not the voice I expected to come out of that guy's mouth. But. Maybe mismatched a little bit, yeah. But yeah, who expected that? Oh, the great return to work. Nobody has ever said that except for you people at the White House. That's it. it just to ask us to ignore what we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis is is preposterous. I mean, even leftists at some point are going to be like, I'm clearly poorer than I was. <laughs> no, no, you've imagined it all. They always revert to unemployment. And I know we talk about this all the time, but these points are important to understand. Unemployment alone is not some unique indicator of economic health. In fact, it can be very deceptive. Again, unemployment only measures people who are looking for work and can't find it. It does not measure people who have left the workforce. Mm -hmm. And we have seen masses leave the workforce due to all sorts of reasons. Vaccine mandates, mask mandates, pulling your kids out of public schools for the same reasons and homeschooling them instead. And just as times get tougher, perhaps it's easier to care for your kids or other family members who may need that Doing that yourself instead of paying for childcare or someone else to care for your family members. Whatever the reason, we know that that is happening is in people leaving the workforce because the labor force participation rate, which is the actual measure of how many people are actually working, mm-hmm. that is still lower than it was yeah. before the virus started in early yeah. 2020. Less people are working today than they were in January, February of 2020. That is the problem. Less people working today <laughs> relative to then means we're making less stuff than we were then. And you have a whole bunch of those dollars chasing <laughs> less stuff. Doesn't, it's so obvious. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, unemployment's low. Great. So I can get three jobs to afford what I used to be able to buy in 2019 with right, one right. job. Mm-hmm. That's not it's not a good sign. That's actually very, very, you can have low unemployment and actually have a, a, an economy in very poor condition. Yeah, of course. But, uh, but would you, don't, don't believe your own wallet. Just uh, listen to them when they tell you how great things are. We are uh, right at the top of the hour. So it's a good time to take a break. We'll get to um, Colbert's insurrection next, but, Gosh, uh, but what are average Americans going to do? I don't know, man. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, speechless, that, I that, see. that's my answer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, talking about you. this kind of um, pick your poison approach with the Fed and interest rates and inflation, because you, yeah, you have to take. Ideally, the uh, the uh, more restricted flow of money because the Fed has raised interest rates means that perhaps inflation comes back down to earth, which is the 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 goal here. But if it costs more money to borrow, of course, you're going to see home sales slow down. Car Mm -hmm. sales, you already can't buy them because they're in short supply anyway. But just big purchases that require big loans, you're going to see a consequence there. And 
that's going to have a ripple effect throughout the economy. And we were, we were the, the deal we were sold was, well, if we just kind of just tick up interest rates just a little bit, we'll have a soft landing where there's not a recessionary effect and inflation calms down. You know what's going to happen with these experts is inflation will surge and also we'll have a recession. We will have yeah, stagflation. That's There's what they will no guide us to. There's no way we could possibly get out of this without a recessionary period. I mean, I how how could we possibly do that? Yeah, I don't I don't see how you do it without kind of massive corrections taking care of again the deal that we all not we all a lot too many of us bought into in 2020. Oh yeah, we could just stop working and the government could cut us fake checks. And that would that'll work out fine. If we could do that, why wouldn't we do that all the time? All the time. Now we're paying People the price. We're not nearly as inquisitive about this as I expected them to be. But you know, free money and such. Yeah. All right. Um Seven Seed New says For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light. Lest his deeds should be exposed, but he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. That's John 320. Um, part of the Bible study, actually. If oh, I'm really? not mistaken, those verses are part of the Bible study just the last couple of weeks. That's poignant. Hmm. Um, he also said, in mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity. And by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. Proverbs. Fear of the Lord. That does really seem to get people into shape. That's why society's crumbling. That's one topic I'm excited to. I don't know if our Bible study is going to get into that or not, but I've come come around to, I think, a better understanding of that term because I've always hesitated to buy into the concept of fear of God. I don't like it's the not idea. the negative connotation people think. Exactly. It's about a uh, a respect for a structure greater than yourself. Yes. And that structure... I mean, it can be God himself, but the, but the the idea that there are rules to the universe that are bigger than you that must be respected. That's really what fear of God means to me, or I think it means to me as I think about these topics. No, that's true. More. And if you still have a problem with it, when you read it just in your mind, say reverence. That's yeah. really what it's about, a reverence for God. Yeah. Um, Eric Burns, Mars. Juneteenth falls on Father's Day today. Everyone can celebrate even if they don't have a day. <laughs> I saw uh, Elijah Schaefer tweeting something to that spicy effect. I disavowed the joke, but it was something like, it's really great this year that Juneteenth, um, how did he phrase it? It was something like, this is great timing for people who don't have dads to to have another holiday to celebrate or something like that. Ooh. It was phrased better. I disavowed the joke. They're out there. <laughs> Jeffrey O'Neill, congrats to Shaniqua on a successful bottom surgery. Blonde, do you prefer hmm. bronze or the more natural formaldehyde look? Soon Melbourne Unvax can eat and work in hospitality because science. I only wow. understand a few of these. The undesirables are welcome back in society, really. Welcome back. Yeah, they must uh, need you. Rough times. Yeah, really. Daniel yeah. Kunkel. Um, it seems the man inserted into the Oval Office is not father of the year material. His daughter's diary allegedly says she has memories of him liking to shower with her. Is anyone surprised by this? At what age is showering with your kid inappropriate? Hmm. Not a uh, rhetorical question. I guess I haven't I haven't put a lot of thought to that. I mean, I'm moms not... can do it, right? That's fine. You think there's a difference between moms and dads, regardless of the sex of the child? No, I think dads can shower with their sons until they're three. That seems arbitrary, but okay. 
I shower with Emmeline every single day hmm. because it's the only way I can bathe both of us. <laughs> I know that's a battle not to get too personal. Um, I know that, yeah, the difficulty of finding time to have a peaceful shower to oneself is uh, a, a difficult thing that, that our family is navigating. So perhaps that is somebody the said at but... any age that can't be right. <laughs> there's definitely a there's definitely got to be a threshold at which it's no longer appropriate. But I don't know. Let's say four. Okay, we're I'm going being with that. Generous. Um, Robin D. Banks. After the live stream, y'all go to Jonathan Young's channel and pre-save his latest song on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, etc. This is our chance to shove one up the arse of the music establishment that Jonathan hmm. Young. I don't know anything about this. Hmm. Uh no, I don't. I don't either. But I guess I'll have to look into it. Thank you. Robin D. Banks. You know what the FBI loves? When you stream Futunari while you're at work, then they have to watch anime women with giant... Beppies? <laughs> I'm not looking at it. I don't even know. Eight plus hours a day looking for secret signals. Suck it, fed boys. <laughs> Let's circle back on these. Okay. Let me uh, catch up with... Uh, on DLive, C2K, thank you. And Herb... Ever smells says Matt. What are your favorite COD four maps? Well, unpopular opinion, but I loved Bog. The spawn trap on Bog was legendary, and uh, it was hilarious to, um, well, have the other team in that spawn trap. As I'm sure Blonde understands. Um, Where am I? Shipment. Shipment has been has been a legend for all of Call of Duty uh, history since, and Crash was a pretty good one too. I had to look at a list here to refresh my memory, but those are the three I'm going with bog shipment and crash. If I'm me too, uh, me too, man, yeah. if I'm picking, let me uh, refresh over on tippy stream here. What we'll does Funari mean? I, I don't know. I'm stumped on that one over on tippy stream. Let me find my place here. Always impossible to read tippy oh, stream. That's right. I've already Googled this before. No, no, you guys, do I dare ask, or are we just moving on? It's like this weird hermaphrodite anime thing. Oh. We've Googled it before. Danny from Montana says, Dog watched a German shepherd this week and found out that the owners are proud Biden supporters. So I showed that dude his ancestors' great accomplishments and, of course, the true history of Uncle A. Gotta teach him young, eat your proteins. Uh, and hail victory. You're trying to indoctrinate the dog. All right. I guess if they're true, <laughs> if, if they're true Biden supporters, how did Danny from Montana get selected as a trusted dog sitter? That's true. probably an interesting story. Mm. Maybe he's a professional. I don't know, but I, I'm glad that you gave a heritage lesson to <laughs> that lovely German shepherd. Cyborg Griff says, uh, happy Father's Day to Matt and Blonde's hubby. Sorry to all the. <laughs> uh, he has a offering to the. Uh, to the he, he references the jogging community. <laughs> he says <laughs> these are getting these are too far. These are too far. He says, happy Juneteenth. That's what he says. That's what he says. Oh. Zach Log says uh happy first father's day to matt and to mr blonde as well you might check out only a dad by edgar guest on my youtube channel search for zach log z-a-k-l-o-g a little shilling is okay guys well i certainly would not be in position to chastise you for the shilling uh considering my recent history but yeah if um if people want to check out zach log that's a 
Z-A-K-L-O-G on YouTube. Phil says, uh, happy Father's Day to the fathers in the audience. The impact of fathers on their children can't be understated. Uh, Unrelated, quite the obvious jokes about Father's Day falling on Juneteenth during Pride Month. I saw, as I've referenced, I've seen them on Twitter. In fact, I've seen them in the chat. Phil says, uh, Milo once said that if normals ever had sex or ever had what gay sex entails described to them in detail that gay rights would be in real jeopardy. Suppose, <laughs> suppose that's true. You know, in all of my, um, in all of my time spent advocating for the rights of people to do things that do not harm other people behind the privacy of their closed doors, something that in general, I still believe in. I'm not turning my back on that. Uh, however, for me to say that I'm familiar with, uh, the detailed elements of what that scene involves couldn't tell you. And quite frankly, uh, I, I want to remain in a world where I don't know what that looks, smells, feels anything like. So I'll still steer, steer clear of it, that. You shouldn't have to take an enema for anything sexual. <laughs> uh, I order from the Postmates bottom friendly menu. Well, that's totally fair, Matt, considering your likely or your liking of super chat sodomy, sodomy sexcapades. Excuse me. <laughs> I was accused of ordering from the Postmates bottom friendly menu. Of course. Walsey says Leah, Th- uh, Leah William Thomas can go back to swimming against men again uh, and sucking again. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yes. Yeah. It's but um, they're doing their own league. So I don't know what that's going to look like. Like a trans only league. Are yeah. there enough? Gender unassigned lead. Oh, okay. If people didn't hear. Unless they transition by age 12. Yeah. I don't know all the details, but it's the international body that governs swimming competition. And they're saying no more men in women's events unless you had hormone intervention or some kind of transition before age 12, which. I don't like, but. It's not. It's not great, but that also eliminates pretty much everybody currently. I would have to think. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Let's try. Um, well, I just have a few more here, so let's catch up quick and get back to the news. Lady Golden Drag. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Back up. Phil says shall not be infringed. The GOP always looks to stab their voters in the back from immigration to trade policy to guns. All but six of them deserve the wall. Well, slow down there, Greta. <laughs> you can't reference walls in that way. No, I agree that um, it's like I just I hate the term compromise in this context because it's like, what are we compromising? Right. When was the last time you had a significant federal expansion of gun rights? You get state level wins. The only thing I can think of is that national parks were opened up to gun possession and carrying according to state laws like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. But there's we've had nothing but restrictions on gun rights from a federal from the federal government for decades. Yeah. Not expansion of gun rights. So what's the compromise here? Uh, Lady Golden Dragon says one more, please, with feeling capitalist pinkwashing. That's like knuckle hunky buck. It's very difficult to say for some reason. Capitalist pinkwashing. Thank you. (laughs) Kim says, I am proudly one of the women that Blonde has helped see the light and reject feminism and embrace femininity. Thank you, Blonde. You're an inspiration. You're not bad yourself, Matt. Well, thank you. That's so nice. Things like that just make my day. Make me feel like my life hasn't been a waste. Kim also. 
<laughs> Kim also says, happy Father's Day to Matt, Blonde's husband, and all the men listening to the show. Even if you are not yet a father, you are a leader. Society needs strong men and fathers praying for strength and courage for you all. Well, well said, Kim. I appreciate it. And uh, I certainly would not expect to inspire femininity in women in the way that Blonde does. So I <laughs> do not take offense hey, you to do your in sliding. Your own way. Um, well, if I do, it is by pure accident, I suppose. And shaming women, men shaming women is a very effective strategy to get them back into the mold of feminism. Anyone shaming women, you know? Uh, I think women shaming women might be more effective. Look at Taylor Lorenz. Look at Becca Lewis. Is Becca Lewis dead? Whatever happened to her? I just, I said so many mean things about her. <laughs> There's no way she didn't. Hmm. I don't know. It's always some ugly chick. And then Taylor Lorenz, where did I see her recently? In some like legitimate journalistic capacity, it was very frustrating. The Washington Post. No, I saw her. Um, <laughs> I saw her. Uh, she was doing an interview for something, and it was it was somewhat legitimate. Was it one of those episodes of Ron Howard's documentary? Never mind. Oh, I don't know. The last interview <laughs> I saw with her was the MSNBC one where she cried. I haven't seen. No, no, no. That. It was something since then. Okay, we will come back to your chats at the end of the show. Very much appreciated, guys. Um, we will get. I'll have uh, to just circle back with you back into the news because there's plenty left with the remainder of the show this uh well we got to talk about uh another insurrection we had another insurrection late in the week at the capitol or specifically house office buildings right near the capitol but unlike the last one with the ushered in grandmas and the buffalo horned shaman man this one was done with comedic intent so it's fine on Thursday night, U.S. Capitol Police ar uh, arrested a group of nine staffers from Stephen Colbert's The Late Show on CBS. The arrests happened at the Longworth House office building. Apparently, all of these insurrectionist invaders were charged with unlawful entry into House office buildings after hours. That's the same general charge right, right. that many of the January 6th uh, cases have been uh, prosecuted according to, and indeed people went to jail for, even people at this week. We'll get to Dr. Simone Gold in a moment, who had the same charges going to jail for, for two months. According to a uh, Capitol Police statement, at 8.30 on Thursday night, uh, police received a call for a disturbance in the House office building. Responding officers found seven people unescorted and without congressional ID on the sixth floor of the hallway. The building was closed to visitors at the time. The same group had been directed by Capitol police to leave the building earlier in that day. And this group is a bunch of Stephen Colbert staffers. And they're not like interns. They're not right. fresh out of college kids. They are senior level staffers. We're talking producers, assistant producers, writers, people who make the show. Apparently the team had been trying to get credentials for the January 6th committee hearings, but they were denied because they are not quote unquote news. They're not a news outlet. So they weren't let in, but the crew was in the building earlier in the day. Cause they were making some sort of January 6th bit for the show. They were interviewing committee members, Adam Schiff and Stephanie Murphy among some other house members. And then the group left for a few hours and returned and they visited the offices of Lauren Boebert, Kevin McCarthy, and other Republicans. And when they, when I say visit, I've heard accusations that they were banging on doors or otherwise creating a ruckus. But I haven't seen videos, so I'm not exactly sure. They were arrested, however, outside of Boebert's office. Now, how did this happen? They, they did these interviews during the day. They left for a couple hours. 
and and when they came back, they they roamed the office halls for a couple hours, completely unattended, while the building was closed. According to Fox's Jesse Waters, they were let back in again when the building was closed by Adam Schiff, the uh, of course the California congressman who is of Trump impeachment fame and currently sits on the January sixth committee in the House, as well as fellow Democratic congressman Jake Ochenclaus. So. If this report is true, and again, it's just a report at this time, I'm not sure if it's confirmed, but the allegation is that Adam Schiff personally let these people into a house office building after hours <laughs> to, among other things, go harass the offices of Republican Congress members after no hours. No one cares. So uh, this, this, this would, if this is true, this would be Schiff doing exactly what he is crucifying uh, his political opponents for currently doing it would be facilitating unlawful entry into a congressional building himself right, personally. Right. The, the whole accusation they have against Trump is that Trump planned and helped this happen. Mm-hmm. They've never really been able to substantiate that. Here's Adam Schiff, according to this report, at least doing exactly that actively participating in the unlawful entry. So if this gets substantiated, I mean, uh, not that it will matter, but this would be every bit the crime of the the by and large the the overwhelming volume of the January sixth prosecutions. It wouldn't be able, you wouldn't be able to call this anything other than insurrection according to the terms used. Now, this was the unlawful entry of a house building for the purpose of what disrupting business. That's I'm what, sure they'll get the same treatment. I I can't wait for the primetime televised hearing about it. Of course, you'll have to wait till after November. Certainly not before then. Uh, these Colbert staffers have been charged again on unlawful entry. So that though uh, the progress of their legal cases will be very important to watch if you want any sort of parity in the legal system here. Uh, what sort of prosecution do they get, if any? What sort of sentencing do they get, if any? Uh, they also these uh, staffers apparently spent part of the night on Thursday in jail. They were released early Friday morning. And Simone Gold. Uh, I mentioned other people getting punished for the very same crime. We, of course, we've seen cases like that in the dozens, but Simone Gold, the uh, famous doctor who was part of that press conference uh, that YouTube and other social media banned back in the summer of 2020, it was mask skeptical and it promoted certain treatments of a nonspecific virus of current relevance that YouTube doesn't like discussed. She just got uh, two months in prison for the exact same crime. Yeah, sorry. There's some dog fight going on outside of my house. <laughs> okay. This could involving... not be a... No, this could not... Be... I think my husband went outside to see what was going on. Involving um, your dogs or someone else's? No, my dogs are freaking out. I can just hear dogs just huh. trying to kill each other. Wow. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's not white trash here at all. Um, for those of you that don't remember, um, Simone Gold, she was the founder of American Frontline Doctors. And I think that we might have played a few clips of her, but she was talking about the vaccine and how it lacks informed consent. It's a crime against humanity. Um, Anyway, so she got straight up the Roger Stone treatment at her house this week. She was charged with a class A misdemeanor in March, um, basically for having a megaphone in uh, in the Capitol. And it was the, the, the count was entering and remaining in a restricted building. Yeah. But not not trespassing. Yeah, just, yeah, a, a generic unlawful entry type charge. Yeah. Right. And it was a misdemeanor. So what happened to her? 
Uh, she said, this, these are her own words, I was paid a visit by the FBI in a Roger Stone kind of takedown moment, quite uncalled for. You know, if anybody wanted to get a hold of me, they could have just picked up the phone and called. I'm very easy to find. But there were literally 20 guys with guns blazing. They broke down my door. Jeez. It was dramatic. And what I have to say is that I weep for our country. If you can pull a person like me and have the FBI break down your door with 20 guns, shackle you in handcuffs, drag you off. I mean, it was quite terrible. I'm telling you, America, this can happen to you. She was sentenced to 12 months of supervised release, which is a huge pain in the ass, and um, 60-day prison term, and she has nearly a $10,000 fine. Okay. And she had already she pleaded- she was going there with a megaphone. She had, she had already, already pleaded, pleaded guilty. guilty. Yeah. Okay. So she pleaded guilty. This was, I guess I don't understand the raid, but I guess the raid is the point. The The raid is- political itself i suppose Well, yeah they're trying to they're trying to teach us that if we if we step out of line yeah that we'll be punished um a, a punishment clearly not commensurate with the with the intent i i saw blue checks all over twitter calling for her medical license to be revoked to be i'm not revoked. sure yeah, in what states she is um licensed or not but this to the extent this is a crime we really want to set this standard where if a doctor commits a misdemeanor completely unrelated to his or her practice of medicine, we're going to revoke, revoke their the medical license. Okay, good luck. Uh, um, it, doctors can't be trusted. I mean, they want to take control, total control of the medical establishment so they can tell us uh, that we have to get certain vaccines. Well, we have Fauci speaking to that effect momentarily, but mm. really quick, because I mentioned, you know, a two tier justice system in combination with economic desperation is not a recipe for a stable country. But I will give credit where consistency is demonstrated, even if it's consistency I hate and disagree with. But <laughs> hey, it is enforcing the rules uniformly. Uh, YouTube banned. A January 6th committee video for including election disinformation this week. The committee uploaded a clip that included Trump speaking about false 2020 election claims. And YouTube says the committee spread misinformation without proper context. And so YouTube took the video down. Uh, a YouTube spokesperson confirmed this was not, in fact, a mistake or like an algorithm catching it. Uh, this was YouTube's decision, and after human review, it will stand, quote, our election integrity policy prohibits content advancing false claims that widespread fraud, errors, or glitches change the outcome of the 2020 U.S. presidential election. If it does not provide sufficient context, we enforce our policies equally for everyone. I don't think that's true, but in this case, perhaps it is. Anyway. I don't know how I feel about this. Well, I, At I least they're consistent, I guess. Like Consistently garbage. That's an yeah. improvement for Susan. Before you were just <laughs> intermittent yeah. garbage. Now you're consistent <laughs> garbage. Congrats, Susan. You're uh, coming up. Well, on Wednesday, Dr. Fauci tested positive for coronavirus, and he confirms that he is experiencing mild symptoms, this despite being double vaccinated and double boosted. Don't get your hopes up, though, because Fauci was well enough to appear virtually before a Senate committee this week, again, having a contentious exchange with Senator Rand Paul. And I know there have been so many of these clips for multiple years at this point and little to nothing ever comes of them. But Rand Paul did ask about a couple things that are important in the public's understanding, I think, and pieces of information that are new to me and I think are worthy of your time. The first question was about royalty fees paid from medical and research companies, for example, Pfizer, Moderna, others, 
two employees at the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, one sub agency of which Fauci oversees. That shouldn't be happening. Oh, Lord. Oh, it's happening. It's just a question of how much and to whom. Uh, But according to Senator Paul, between 2010 and 2016, thousands of royalty payments went to thousands of NIH employees None of which have been disclosed voluntarily, but in, some information has been obtained through freedom of information requests. Fauci responded that the employees of the NIH, including him, have no obligation legally to disclose those royalties, but he will. Fauci says his average annual royalties are only a few hundred dollars. Where's my Fauci clip? One moment. Here we go. The NIH continues to refuse to voluntarily divulge the names of scientists who receive royalties and from which companies. Over the period of time from 2010 to 2016, 27,000 royalty payments were paid to 1,800 NIH employees. We know that not because you told us, but because we forced you to tell us through the Freedom of Information Act. Have you ever received a royalty payment from a company that you later oversaw money going to that company? According to the regulations, people who receive royalties are not required to divulge them even on their financial statement. The only royalties I have, the average per year was $191.46. Okay. So just to be clear about the relationship that potentially exists here, the NIH, of course, awards federal money to companies or perhaps even the Wuhan lab. That definitely didn't happen. I wouldn't allege such things. And then these companies pay money back to NIH employees, some of whom might be some of whom might be even overseeing those grants, which would be, of course, a completely corrupt relationship. Uh, with currently no legal obligation to disclose at at this point without the concrete evidence, that's a little bit speculative, but to Rand Paul's point, all the ingredients are there and we don't have the specific information to evaluate. Can we get the specific information to evaluate what kind of corrupt relationships might exist? And Dr. Fauci is saying, well, they don't really have any, I don't have to give you any, I don't have to give you anything. So, you know, that's uh, shocking that they can do that uh, opportunity for some transparency. If we're considering uh, regulatory or or reform over at uh, the NIH. The second question was about vaccine boosters for children. And I know that you are relieved. Me too. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Uh, the CDC and the FDA approved the Pfizer and Moderna COVID vaccines for children under five, as young as six months old this week. So we can both uh, rush out and get our kids stabbed against the COVID. This is just shocking that parents are doing this and think they're doing the right thing the numbers expressing interest are pretty low it's like 30 percent um what i mean pretty low being relative to people adults who got vaccinated holy shit Um, it's 30 percent and and that 30 percent how many effectively all of them are doing it strictly due to social pressure not because their child is actually at some kind of life or death risk of uh, coronavirus especially at this point but the Those CDC poor kids, they can't consent. The CDC also recommends boosters for those children over five who have already been vaccinated. So Rand Paul asked Dr. Fauci, since the government recommends this booster for young kids, are you aware of any data or studies to show that these boosters actually reduce hospitalizations or deaths in these young kids or really do anything positive at all? And even Fauci can't think of a way to spin that question. 
Dr. Fauci, the government recommends uh, everybody take a booster over age five. Are you aware of any studies that show reduction in hospitalization or death for children who take a booster? Right now, there's not enough data that has been accumulated, Senator Paul, to indicate that that's the case. Hmm. What a surprise. So why then is the government recommending these boosters if they're are not? uh, There's not enough data to demonstrate that they are in fact helpful we didn't get much to of a, protect them from a very very dangerous i mean benign disease maybe there are some royalties in play <laughs> that, yeah, that might really. explain uh that i don't know that would be speculation but it's possible uh and years later you know it's really frustrating how many times not just in the context of this virus but a whole host of things things that were conspiracy theories years ago come to be correct and accurate reporting a couple years later, we're looking at exactly that with um, with the origin of the virus. So yeah, we didn't get much of a straight answer from Fauci there. Apparently, we are getting straight answers from the uh, director general at the WHO, at least privately reported secondhand on where he thinks the virus came from. I can't even say that guy's name. He's the leader of the WHO. He looks like Jesse Jackson or something. <laughs> you know that guy. I can't even. Yeah. What the hell is his name? Tedros. And Hanum, I thought there was another name, Doctor Tedros. I'm going to let you take this one. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, Tedros Adhanom Gibriasis. Okay, whatever. That guy. He. It's reported that he privately confided in a European politician that he believes COVID was leaked from. Yeah, the Wuhan lab. Really. Publicly earlier this month, the director general says, "Quote." Uh, he said that. Well, we do not yet have the answers as to where it came from or how it entered the human population. But he is saying he, at least privately, according to this report, he believes it came from the Wuhan lab. He's still saying leak, though. And that means we still have a long way to go. It came from the Wuhan lab and it was a Democratic Party and Chinese communist cooperation to create an election manipulation tool. And if that sounds crazy, consider the trajectory. The trajectory is that direction, and we're about halfway there after two years' time now. So stay tuned <laughs> pretty soon. In 2024, we'll be hearing about the private conversations of this WHO guy. And by then, nobody will care. And he and will have confirmed what was best for us. everything I just said. Well, uh, tight on time, but I think I can be quick with this one. There's not much to say about it other than the footage is totally insane. You can file this among the craziest police dash and body cam footage I've ever seen. Ever seen. This is um, Naperville, Illinois, uh, Naperville, Illinois, suburban uh, Chicago. June 3rd, an unnamed officer with the Naperville Police Department was conducting a routine traffic stop. Apparently a guy had run a, a stop sign. That's in the black car that you see on the right in the photo on the screen. During discussion with that driver, a different uninvolved car drove up beside the officer. That's the silver one on the left. That car parked. The officer was asking him, who the hell are you? And the man driving the car got out and charged at the officer with a hatchet. The officer drew his handgun and shot the man multiple times. Obviously, Susan says, um, I cannot uh, show you this without censoring it, but I have... um, blurred the clip a little bit and it gives you an idea of just how bizarre and fast this incident was oh did they take it down oh no come on you just checked it like two hours ago she just yeah it it got it got taken it got age restricted or some shit well it's crazy and i can't (laughs) 
I could pull up an article. The, I, the whole point was blurring it so that I actually could show it to you. Do I have, let me uh, see if I have an article to show. Cause in the video clip, I actually had what the guy looks like. Okay. Here's a good image of what the guy who charged the car looks like. And this will be linked in the description. If you want to go watch the video yourself, but yeah, it, it's as I just described traffic stop uninvolved car pulls up next to the cop cops. Like, who are you? What are you doing? Dude with a giant beard and a hatchet gets out of the car and just starts sprinting at him. And the cop draws his, his gun and just shoots and him shoots dead him. in a matter of seconds. And so the, the guy who's charging him that you see on your screen there with the hatchet, 28 year old Edward Saman, uh, who died at the hospital after this encounter, the officer was not hurt. The DuPage County state's attorney's office is investigating the officer's use of force. That's why the officer has not yet been identified. There's an active investigation. So far, though, no explanation for the reason or the motive for the attack. Perhaps it was suicide by cop, as I mentioned at the top of the show. Perhaps it was jihadi suicide by cop. He looks strangely prepared. He's like wearing a backpack and it's weird. Yeah, the clip is really bizarre. And if you go to this story uh, again, I can't really show you for fear of Susan's punishment. And even Twitter says it's sensitive material, but you have a dash cam angle. You also have. I could, yeah, you have like a, a, a or they're the same here, but there's a, there's an angle from the officer's body cam and there's an angle from dash cam. You can get both of them to see what it looked like. How strange. You think this is, um, Turbany? <laughs> I, I don't, maybe it might be jihadi suicide by cop. That, that seems to be the, the leading explanation for me, but you just have to guess because there's no, there's no explanation of what his motive was or why he would do this. And it, I think it seems reasonable to say that the cop was targeted because he was a cop. It could be hatred of police officers or it could be intentional suicide by cop. But if you watch the video, it's also a demonstration of just how fast a random person can all of a sudden try to kill you with a deadly weapon. It's not even the person he was interacting with. That's what makes it so bizarre. A guy drove passerby. He's like, oh, there's a cop. I better attack him with a hatchet. And recall this reminded me. Earlier, uh, what was it, a week or two ago, we had that stabbing spree at the L.A. hospital. Yeah. And the response from gun control advocates was, oh, well, see, this it's way better when you ban guns because this guy only had a knife and he wasn't able to kill a bunch of people in the hospital. He was just able to stab them. Didn't. Uh, yeah, that was the one that was non-fatal. There was also the like right, rifle right. attack at another healthcare facility. Th- that and one's already out of the died. news because it was yeah, a black yeah. guy who was the shooter. So nobody cares about that one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, three or four people died. Yeah. But any, the point being, okay, maybe this knife attacker wasn't successful in terms of killing people at the hospital. But if a hatchet man sprints at me out of nowhere, <laughs> I, I prefer a gun. Yeah, I don't want exactly. a knife or a hatchet. I don't want a fair fight for when <laughs> jihadi hatchet man or whoever the hell this is just shows. I want him dead fast. And he was dead mm-hmm. fast in this case. And the cop had good reaction time. Yeah, I I think it's likely that the police officer was targeted because he's a police officer, but it just goes to show someone wants to surprise attack you. It's split seconds, man. And if they have a hatchet, a knife, a sword, whatever, you don't have a lot of time to think about whether the fight is fair or not nope. or how to strategize for a fair fight. Anyway, sorry, I couldn't play the clip, but uh, blame Susan. The whole reason I prep the clips is to make sure that Susan won't ban them. <laughs> And then at some point, and I checked them, you know, like an hour before we go live. So Susan's team punished 
the clip I posted within the last hour or so. What a bitch. Wait, it was on your private channel, right? It's on the, a separate oh, dummy lame. channel I host all the clips on. I take back everything nice I said about Susan tonight. You are intermittent trash. Inconsistent. Once again. Anyway, let's get to the uh, hoax hate because it's back after a week right. hiatus. Kind of. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime <laughs> of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? We'll get to the backward swastikas in a moment. No backward swastikas in this particular story, but the hoax hate is indeed real. This is Pioneer High School in Ann Arbor, Michigan. A group of black students claimed they faced a racially hostile environment at the high school. An independent investigation has now confirmed that no such racially hostile environment existed. The claim originated in August 2020 when a black student filed a complaint with the Michigan Department of Civil Rights claiming that one specific teacher had uh, engaged in a variety of actions that were hostile to black students. So this teacher had allegedly insulted black students and their parents in front of the class, humiliated black students who were struggling in class by putting their grades up on a board for everyone to see. This teacher was hostile to students who were members of the black student union. This teacher used coded language against black students, calling them criminals and delinquents. Didn't use the J word refused to this teacher refused to bring her class uh, class to the black history month assembly because it was quote a waste of time and this is so based i hope this is all true touched black students in a hostile manner without consent this this allegation was basically tugged at a student's arm to get the student's attention or something to that effect very to the extent there was physical contact it's alleged to have been very minor well, the school commissioned an independent investigation by the law firm Dykema. <laughs> oh, Hilarious. Lord. I'm sure it's a bunch of Dykemas over at Dykema who handled this uh, properly. But the investigation was hampered by the accusing students refusal to interview with investigators. The accusing family, student Michaela Kelsey and her mom, Charmel Kelsey, were represented by attorneys with the civil rights Lit litigation initiative at the university of Michigan law school. So this must be some state program where law students or early lawyers, like lawyers in the early part of their career agree to represent struggling people with civil rights claims. Okay. So because they were represented by these, uh, by these lawyers uh, under this program, the investigating lawyers could not contact the alleged victims directly. The, the family's legal representation refused to make the accusing family available for an interview. In fact, none of the other students who were part of the accusations were made available for interview either. Many of them remained completely anonymous throughout the history of the accusation. So the investigation could not confirm any of Michaela Kelsey or any of the other anonymous students claims because of their refusal to participate in the investigation. But get this, despite no evidence uh, for the racial hostility, in, in large part because those claiming the racial hostility wouldn't even participate in the investigation, the investigating law firm Dykema still provided recommendations to the school, including an improved complaint and investigation system with a special officer and the implementation of an equity plan. And uh, teacher and staff trainings, presumably about diversity and equity and all that. I noticed there was no recommendation to the accusing student or her mom to stop lying their asses off. There's I would like a formal 
recommendation yeah, in the really. report about that, but it does not include that. I don't know. Uh, I'm just pleased that for once there, there was something a little more creative than the uh, the old uh, separate but equal drinking fountains that we've seen. So was many. this more creative? They just levied a bunch of false accusations against some poor teacher that probably did nothing or is really based. <laughs> Maybe the teacher's. I don't know if the teacher. I didn't see anything to say that the teacher was punished. So as far as I know, the teacher is still there. But uh, anyway, I teased uh, backward swastikas. They are indeed in this story. Hidden Villa is a nonprofit in Los Altos Hills. This is in Bay Area, California. It's known for its pastoral landscape and educational programs. It is the site of summer camps for kids. I don't know exactly what kind of summer camps, but, you know, you go there, you learn things, you have a good time. But on June 8th, Hidden Valley announced it has canceled all of this year's summer camp sessions due to the abrupt departure of camp staff members disrupting the summer plans of nearly a thousand children who intended to attend summer camps at hidden Villa staff. However, say the departure, the departure was not abrupt. Rather, it was after months of a slow burning conflict of the handling of pre Nazi swastika tiles that are embedded into the exterior of a camp (laughs) building. The tiles, of course, are a Buddhist symbol. Again, this is the backward swastika, sort of uh, not in an S orientation, but a backward S orientation and not at a 45 degree angle, but at right angles. It, that predates the Third Reich. And it's been part of the camp architecture and, and building design uh, for since 1913, well before the German Nazi Party adopted and modified the symbol. Now, get this, the... So the, the, the ownership uh, apparently was the actual camp founders who purchased these Buddhist uh, pieces from Asia back in 1913. And they've been part of the family or the ownership group for over 100 years. And so the ownership had been resistant to the staff push to try to get these taken down. And then all the staff quit because they're uncomfortable by these things. And the worst of all possible outcomes happen. They cancel on the kids. And then on June 7th, Hidden Villa took down the alleged swastikas anyway. They already quit. Yes. They hired some consulting group and the consulting group told them to, to took, to take them down. So again, congratulations to the tolerant progressive camp staff. It's way better to ruin the summer plans of a thousand kids and families than it is to, risk those kids seeing a shape that hurts you. And when I say you, it was predominantly who, and by their own admission in this story, it's mostly white progressive camp counselors who can't handle this imagery. The imagery that's been on display for over a hundred years. And they knew, and you couldn't rationalize with them, even though that wasn't the intent and it wasn't the same symbol. It's just because they felt that it represented something different that it had to be dealt with. These people are retards. Great. Uh, Yes, absolutely. Just crushing it for the kids of Bay Area, California. Congratulations. Meanwhile, this is not really hoax hate. Uh, This is it's not a hoax. It's interesting to question who is characterized as the the threat to children in this story. This is across the bay in San Lorenzo, California, a drag queen story hour at the city library was disrupted by people. The, inv- the event organizers are calling proud boys, which you never know who really is or <laughs> isn't. A proud boy, yeah. yeah. 
uh, Proud Boy is just uh, it's like it's like yesteryear's alt right. You know, they, Proud Boy is a, a boogeyman. So last Saturday, June 11th, the drag queen Panda Dolce was scheduled to read stories to a group of children at this library. Panda Dolce said the Proud Boys showed up and disrupted the event, calling him a groomer and a pedophile, among other things. What was supposed to be a quiet reading time with drag queen Panda Dulce ended like this. Did you guys call the cops? It was stormed by eight proud boys um, who disrupted the event. You know, they came in and they were screaming about like pedophilia and saying things like, we have to save the children. And I mean, they were terrifying the children. The performer Panda Dulce didn't feel comfortable going on camera either. She says she immediately froze. And the first thoughts that came across her mind is it an ambush? Are they armed? And the massacre in Uvalde, Texas. That's when she says she realized they were defenseless. Library staff say the men wouldn't leave and their rhetoric was escalating, so they called the sheriff's office immediately. But even after going through all of that, both the performer and the staff felt mask. very strong about continuing with their reading event. So they ended up covering up all of the open windows with anything <laughs> they could find just to help the families feel more comfortable. The Alameda County Sheriff's Office says a hate crime investigation is now underway as as well as an investigation into the annoying and harassing of children. Yeah, it's like uh, when you take all the windows out of your van to make the children and families more comfortable uh, when the kids are inside of it. You know, <laughs> I love that description. We, we just covered up all the windows to make it a much more concealed and private event for everyone's comfort. That, that's why. What was that tissue paper? How bizarre. Right, it's just a weird explanation. And naturally, they had to bring it back to Uvalde. Like, that has anything to do. It's like a bunch of these kids getting killed has something to do with me, like, trying to groom and rape your children. Related somehow, yeah. Well, related insofar as a crazy, I guess, perceived right-wing threat. I, I don't know. But I, I found that point to be interesting, too. We Suddenly, we were under threat, and we realized... We were defenseless. Yeah, correct. Welcome to the club. Maybe it would help if you had a defense mechanism. Maybe you shouldn't try to ban all the defense mechanisms from everybody. Not that I think these guys were a threat, but just, yeah, to you, to the extent you grant the point that an unexpected threat could arise at any time, maybe it is best to be prepared for such things. Yeah. And the reason I say that I don't think that these guys necessarily did anything uh, wrong or at least criminal is because that's exactly what the sheriff's department is saying. Uh, the sheriff's department is investigating, uh, but a, a department spokesperson says uh, a crime is not necessarily obvious here. Lieutenant Ray Kelly says hate speech doesn't always constitute a hate crime. In fact, those are distinct things. Uh, crime being the operative word in the uh, the second phrase there. He said it's a complex investigation balancing a fine line between free speech and hate leading to criminal behavior. But as far as I've seen, there's no alleged criminal behavior. There is public speech, perhaps of a crude variety at a public facility. And then the men left when they were asked and or forced to by the people who run the building and by law enforcement. Come on. These cops always have to do the right thing, but then bitch out a little no. bit, you know? Like, well, the speech might have been hateful or crass. It's like, is nobody going to say that these drag queens are hateful <laughs> and crass? <laughs> Did you catch the story there? Well, they're under investigation for the uh, annoyance or the harassment of children. Uh, do go on. About Who? Who? The, which, the proud which group? Boys. The proud boys are. Do go on about the mistreatment of... Uh, children from the people who are yeah. engaging in sexualized displays for them. And I had to cut it for time, but there were pro drag queen story hour protesters interviewed. And um, 
Well, all I can say is that our crisis of masculinity continues. If, if I have to go a little too far and say I'm team proud boy, even if they were a little mean, if I have to pick the teams that I saw in that video story, uh, sign me up for team proud. A little boy. mean. I mean, come on. <laughs> Uh, you might say accurate in the terms. Yeah. I, I don't know what else to say. Why do you want to give a sexualized display to young children? What is the purpose of this? How, what else am I supposed to conclude other than you have some sort of perverse sexual motivation? You right, want right. to condition the children to think that this is normal when it in fact is not. How, what else am I supposed to conclude? It's not adults doing weird shit in the privacy of their own homes, which was the original bargain. Now it's deviants propagandizing to kids in public spaces. Yeah. And they'll make that admission. They'll say it's because we want to create an atmosphere of tolerance, which is uh, just new speak for we're trying to groom them into sexual degeneracy so that we can rape them a bunch. <laughs> well, there, Susan just turned the monetization on for that one. Flipped it right back on. Well, come on. I mean, it's like nobody's saying what this is really about. Why do you care if children are tolerant that you fuck some dude in the ass while he's dressed as a woman? Yeah, Why do how you many care if some four-year-old agrees with your lifestyle? The only reason you would do that is if you want to incorporate them into your lifestyle somehow. Sure. Children are notoriously rude. The, the children yeah. ask you rude questions all the time, and it's kind of funny. When, when a child intentionally or unintentionally mocks you, you know, like, <laughs> that's the point is kids don't really get the rules. You don't want to condition them into these bizarre anti-rules you know what i mean it's like obviously children should be taught the rules of the world by their parents but to condition them into this sexual nonsense by some some drag queen or something what are we doing and it's Why? something uniquely perverse because children have no concept of sexuality like you'll see in a few years when your son like discovers his penis he'll be like oh Look at that. And then it's just like, <laughs> it's just funny to him. And so these kids, they, they don't understand any of this. So why do we need to project? Well, why do it, we need to project it on them? And I think we, we can all remember being young and just the confusion of development and, and trying to understand what it means to become an adult. And a lot of these kids are before that stage even, but to inject them with more confusion at an already confused time of your life as you're discovering all these new things and your body is phys physiologically changing. Absolute madness, man. But we've talked uh, drag queen story hour to death. And I mentioned it on Wednesday, but there is a drag queen story hour at Zoo Montana, two hours away from me in Billings. You know what you need to do. Community That's supposed to be community protested on Wednesday. And it's 12 to 4. I got to do the stream here at 7. But that means I could potentially make it. I don't, I'm, I, I'm not committing, but I'm considering. Do it. It's possible that I could go see what happens at a real life drag queen story hour. Zoo Montana, Billings, Montana. Anyway, we uh, <laughs> will see. Perhaps I'll have more to report on that later in the week. For now, it's time for the movie review. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. This week's movie is Steve Martin's 1979 starring debut, The Jerk, in which a simple-minded, racially confused farm boy heads to St. Louis to find his special purpose, stumbling into a fortune only to lose it all and return to where he started. 
From movie picker Kyle, a classic comedy back when Steve Martin was funny and Carl Reiner wasn't a broken Trump hating man. I like to think this movie, uh, think of this movie as a spiritual forefather to Dumb and Dumber. No message, no societal themes, just stupid jokes and slight gags that still hold up. Plus, Steve Martin screaming the N word makes it a watch. As always, your review and your rating. Can I say first that I bet I like to predict what. I bet you hated this. Hmm. Okay, but don't tell me. Um, what any two people find funny, there's no logic or reason to it really. Like, you know, you're not going to convince me and I'm not going to convince you that a certain movie that, you know, I don't find funny is funny. It's just not going to happen. Now, this might be unfair, but I just didn't find it funny. I mean, hmm. they're A plus for the N-word stuff. I love the stuff with the black family. But it was like a lot of like slapstick humor. I like my jokes to have that superficial layer and then to have like some other stuff underneath it, you know? And it was just too, too much stuff, too much like gag comedy. You didn't like his head turning all the way around his body? <laughs> I don't know, man. And then like, why is he a retard sometimes, but not other times? Like in the beginning, yeah. I was like, is he trying to be drunk or is he like a a retard and then did the did the word jerk have like a different connotation because he wasn't really a jerk you know he actually was very nice yeah i think he was that's a nice fair. guy i don't know i mean i just wasn't laughing at the surface level stuff hmm. but for the racism three out of five three out of five just for steve martin dropping the n-word wow yeah i mean <laughs> I, I i have no defense here yeah i just didn't find it funny we're actually not too far off and I share several of your points, but you're wrong that I hated it because I was actually much closer to loving it. And really? it was the I don't sort know why of, I find that shocking. It was the sort of movie that started off kind of slow and the, it's the sort of like dad jokes that are so painful that I thought maybe these aren't the right ones, but it really picked up as it developed and it ended up being exactly uh, my kind of humor, which is really? not only painful dad jokes or puns or double entendres that are kind of Super so racist, bad that they're yeah. good, but burying bits into the ground. You know how much <laughs> I love that. So just, I thought that there's just a plus stupid writing in this movie. And you, the, to your point about slapstick aside, it wasn't even slapstick that I appreciated just a few, a few lines or moments that I really loved to give an example of this sort of humor. Like when Naven is at, he's the, he's managing that, carnival stand and the manager or his boss comes up to him and says explains to him that he's made $14.50 even though he's just giving away a bunch of crap uh, and he says ah oh, it's a profit deal well that takes the pressure <laughs> just those kind of lines love that when his shots are being fired he hates these cans gotta stay away from the cans <laughs> yeah I laughed at that yeah and then the the dialogue between him and Marie on the first date where he's asking her if she has a boyfriend and she says, well, kind of, could you think of me when you're making love to him? <laughs> well, maybe you could think of me when you're making love to him or you know, just that that conversation was just ridiculous. And there was the cosmetologist line in there, too. I'm sure the weightlessness is very difficult. <laughs> so I just think I, she meant the uh, wait, what? What did what, what did what did he oh, think he, that she was talking about? Like, uh cosmonaut or like astronaut you know oh, oh. i don't know what the exact term would be but co like cosmos as in space rather than cosmetics yeah 
So I a lot of great moments like that. As far as running bits into the ground, uh, I you know how much I love that. Like the joke is funny because you won't stop saying the joke. It's like you run it in the ground, you dig a hole to bury it next to the dead horse, that kind of stuff. Ah, and this this exchange he had where he was explaining to Marie uh how many days it has felt like since they've known that each was other. funny too yeah it just goes on and First on day yeah and i gotta give credit underrated credit to how difficult i think that would be to perform as an actor to deliver that detailed and complicated of a line surely without, it was improv it might have been improv i don't know if it was scripted but either way to go on as long as it did and not break and have it kind of make sense really impressed and then of course the scene where he said he's leaving her this is all I need is just this uh, this paddle ball game and my chair and that's all I need. OK, one more thing, one more thing. And it just goes on and on and on. And the original bit isn't even that funny. The comedy <laughs> is that it just went on for forever. Love it. <sighs> I got to credit the N word scene, of course, um, just be not just because it was like a moment that wouldn't happen anymore. But because even the premise was funny, like he's he's a racially confused man. So there's reason for him to say, sir, you are talking to an N word because that's, it's not just thrown in there for shock. It actually has a, a premise. And Does he I apologize for this movie. I looked up an interview. Um, I, I was kind of Googling around to see if anyone has gone after him for this. And there was uh, he did. Steve Martin did an interview in 2015 and he, he certainly didn't apologize and he didn't Good. back down for it. He did say something to the effect of like, well, all the black cast was very well treated or it was still like of a quasi apologetic tone, but still mostly a non-apology, not a back down. So I, I give okay, credit for good, that. Good. And I have to say, uh, have you seen dumb and dumber? Yeah. Okay. And you, you're not a fan. We've been over this. No. I no. thought uh, this movie is almost uh, dumb and dumber is almost a copy paste of this movie in so many ways, not just the writing style, performance style like the way steve martin delivers that line oh it's a profit deal yeah that jim yeah. carrey as lloyd christmas in dumb and dumber delivers lines in a very similar way um but it's not just the writing and the performances that are similar even general plot points are pretty similar both movies of course involve buffoons who stumble into fantastic wealth only to lose it all both movies are about the importance of a woman's love despite that wealth um, and bizarrely, both movies involve these powder blue suits, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, it Naven, is really derivative, isn't it? And I wouldn't. I, I love Dumb and Dumber. So it's been kind of painful oh, for me to confront sucks. this because I, I was searching the Internet. I thought, OK, someone who made Dumb and Dumber clearly saw and loved so the jerk. Thing. There's got to be some reference to that somewhere. I can't find any record of anyone who made or had any hand in making Dumb and Dumber list, naming the jerk as an influence in fact there there was a, a movie review at the time dumb and dumber came out and the reviewer said dumb and dumber is the jerk with two jerks instead of one that's the only <laughs> that's really accurate but yeah. it's pretty much correct and <laughs> i i give I, I list this as my points of appreciation because i think one of my favorite movies in fact probably my favorite comedy of all time seems to have taken significant influence from this i just worry that without any mention of it am i looking at am i confronting the reality that perhaps my favorite comedy was borderline plagiarized. It's right there. I'm not saying it's a complete ripoff. It's close. It it is very similar. Yeah, yeah. And the only negative I had was your exact point that is he actually retarded at some points? Okay. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't don't get it. That's kind of how I felt this whole movie. I'm like, 
I don't get it. Do I not have a good sense of humor? He goes from barely able to speak and not just when he's love struck with Marie, but when it, during his hobo bits, he's barely able to talk. And then at another time, when remember when he's in bed with Marie, he, it, he delivers a tongue twister. He said, I forget exactly what the tongue twister is, but suddenly he can speak with amazing skill and clarity. So but I think it, he was supposed to be drunk in those hobo scenes. Right? Is that what it, it was? It was it just supposed to be a drunk scene. Maybe, Maybe. he had his thermos and yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I ended up giving it a uh, a four wiki what? rating. Yeah. Wiki, 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 wiki. Mm, pretty good. Pretty good. And it's okay, man. I could be talked into a five, uh, but what separates the jerk and dumb and dumber for me is I think that the the sort of stupid comedy, the banter works a little bit better with two idiots or two jerks than it does with one. But okay. uh, this was one of those movies where at the start, probably the first 15, 20 minutes, maybe in a half hour, I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know about this. And then it <laughs> and then really, you got into it. Yeah, I really took off. And by the time the N word scene rolled around, it's like, all right, you got me. I'm into it. All right, let me uh, see what the audience thinks. This is, I wonder how many people have actually seen it. It's kind of an older, more obscure movie. So we actually don't have a lot of early ratings for it, I think, because a lot of people probably just haven't seen this one. But the I'm early vote surprised. is pretty even split. Um, five, four, and three, each getting about a third of the vote. So higher end ratings for the people that have seen it. Uh, next week is Psycho, the 1960 Ooh. Alfred Hitchcock classic. So we will... Watch that one. And then uh, we have a fresh list of nominations for July from listener Bobby. Those nominations are Training Day, Man on Fire, Inside Man, Bloodfather, Spectral, Collateral, Congo, The Lion King, the 1994 original. Or, of course, you can vote for a uh, randomly selected top rated movie instead and reject the list outright. Uh, no one said that in a while. Uh, the, the, we almost had a wild card vote this last week over psycho, but, mm. uh, not quite. And as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do all of that is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and over on the homepage of the website. That is Matt Christensen media.com. That'll do it. We'll catch up with the chats. Today wasn't that depressing of a show. It was kind of some lighthearted be. news. <laughs> it should be. The Say economic the stuff is, was really bad. Is rough, yeah. Yeah, but it's it, it's no surprise. I guess we're kind of desensitized to it at this point, where it's just like highly okay. desensitized. Like I'm like, oh, gas is five oh two. What podcast am I going to listen to today? <laughs> yeah, well, in the car, probably not as many because. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you're not driving around as much. That old strategy for, uh, you know, calming the uh, calming the kid by driving around. That's uh, oh, no, suddenly that more anymore. expensive. You got to figure out a new means. I don't know what we're going to do in the winter because I can't walk her around. Hmm. I'm going to have to leave Idaho in the winter. You're just going to have to make her hardy. I don't know. I'm starting to think this place sucks. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder if there is a place that you won't think sucks. Does that place exist? I don't know. I mean, I, I would like to move to Japan temporarily. Hmm. I'm working on it. We'll see. Hmm. We'll see. What what time is what time does this show go live at Tokyo? There's 16 hours ahead, so that'd be perfect. Oh, so it's not actually that uh, unmanageable. It'd be like uh, what morning or something? Uh, I think mid afternoon, early oh. afternoon. Why am early, I doing my math wrong? Sometime in the day. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's not like when I was in Austria and I was doing the show at 3 a.m. <laughs> oh, yeah. That wasn't too long, but I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Dedication. I think that was my honeymoon. Um. Okay. Robin D. Banks, I read that. Uh, I read the Futinari one or whatever that is. Uh, Matthew T. Price, Matt and his wife once made love and had a beautiful baby as a result. Happy Father's Day. Also search YouTube for a short horror movie called A Boating Accident. You know what the title means. Uh, I guess. Is there an actual video uh, depicting such a disaster? I, I guess there must be. Probably. Thank you for the kind words. Appreciate it. And Matt really does have a beautiful baby. Your your wife sent me some pictures of your baby, like really stylized, beautiful pictures with, with the scenery. That is like a... An, an adorable child. He's uh he's just a chunk, man. It's, well, it's you want to see a fat baby. It really seemed like he looked a lot more like me early, but I'm starting to see more of my wife's features, like in the eye shape and things like that. Yeah. He does still have blue eyes though. He's kept his dad's blue eyes. I so think far. that'll stick around. I don't know when eye yeah. colors change. I've heard that they can change up to th- three years. Like the the child could be three years and they could still uh, change. No. But, uh, Emmeline's eyes turn brown. I have to have an eleventh trimester abortion, I guess. But they haven't yet. You're saying they just could. No, they're they're grayish green. Right? You're probably they're probably not going to change this late, you know. Okay. But, but who knows? Um, Robin D. Banks, Matt and I once made love. He got on top to ride, but didn't make it very far before falling off. Luckily, there was a bunch of Secret Service SS to help. Unfortunately, there were news peeps everywhere. Gross. Thank you. You're acting queer. You are. You're acting queer. <laughs> I bought PN. No, no. Thank you, sir. As always. Thank you. I bought plum Logan. The party that controls the house of representatives, the white house and the Senate say that all of your problems are caused by Russia. So which party is controlled by Putin? Hmm. Interesting question. Interesting question. Milk. Thank and cookies. you. Happy that. father's day, Matt. Last father's day. We lost our firstborn Ella. Oh my gosh. Hmm. God bless our angel and our baby to come August 23rd. I wrote you shortly after and you wrote a kind message. Thank you. Happy birthday. Ella. I'm so sorry to hear that. I don't know how parents deal with child loss. Uh, the strength that it must require to, to cope with that. It's just so sad. I'm so sorry. Well, thank you for the uh, kind words. And um, and I'm glad to hear that your family has found some peace. And uh, what do you say, August? Uh, the next August next one's due in August. Well, great. That's uh, all the best with that. And uh, congratulations. All the best to your family. I'm glad to hear it. President Meg Tom, happy Father's Day to Matt and Blonde's hubby. Sorry, I don't think I've heard this name. His name. Hmm. Love you guys. Uh, my husband's name is Paul Bunyan. <laughs> the you may have heard since, of him. Yeah. yeah. Since 1990. Happy Father's Day to all the dads with floppy appendages and not single moms that try to hijack the day. Uh, single mom's day is three months from now, 921. Buzz off. Is there uh, really a single What's that moment? about? What's the reference that I, that has to be a joke or is there actual? It must be a joke. 921. Also, 14 days left in Rainbow Month. I know, in June, it's just a countdown. No, wait, there is a National Single Parent Day what? on what? March 21st, not September 21st. Hmm. I didn't know that was a thing, but some websites claim it is. Weird. Long Don John, I see Matt's hunt for a hit piece or even a clip in some Netflix uh, <laughs> agitprop is still going about as well as Biden's bike ride. I know. Yeah. He's really his, trying. His bike ride's going better, to be honest. Is it pissing you off that like I don't make consistent commentary <laughs> and I don't say anything controversial? Or, or I say a lot of controversial things. And then my hit piece comes like four years after my YouTube heyday and it's me saying something totally reasonable. 
Well, of course I have some envy, but I think that last part is the the hardest pill to swallow because I don't doubt that you are perfectly capable and deserving of your very own hit piece. In fact, you could make one through this show probably every single week if you wanted to. It's the fact that you said something that I, I don't want to say is like out of character because I don't want to say that you're an unreasonable person or something. That's not what I it mean. It was exceptionally benign. Yeah, for you, that is a that is about as lukewarm of a claim that exists in your general I know. perspective. And so for them to extract that as somehow explanatory of this woman's entry into extremism, I, it's like, I, I don't know what I have to do. I don't get me for the fuck BLM license plate. That's more edgy than what blonde said. I know. In, I know. In I her think video. I'm flying under the radar yeah. because of you. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I have no idea. But uh, I'm going to carry on. I don't do it for the hit pieces. I do it for the truth. That's why I'm here. So, so now I've got ostensibly, Becca Lewis. That's what, yeah. I got New York Times. I've got Salon. I was mentioned briefly uh, in an Atlantic article. Wow. That's quite a, um, quite a portfolio. And then Right Wing Watch, which doesn't really count. I think Hope Not Hate may have touched on some stuff. I got referenced as a data point in some academic study one that time. That does not count. Yeah, I'm was, in every one of those. It was just, I was in a footnote list of channels that they included in their like, like 400 other channels. Yeah. It didn't even explain anything <laughs> unique about me. It's just that I was on the list. That was the best I ever did. You got to go harder, man. Uh, but I, th- seriously speaking, I don't ever want to make content in pursuit of baiting that sort of, I want to make content that I want to make. And if it happens, it happens, but I have to, I just think it's, I just think I'm being treated unfairly. That's all. I want the hit piece people to consider my feelings the next time they write their product. Take your child to a, a pediatric dentist that does bad dental work. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe I, well, I don't know. Maybe I should, uh, maybe I'll bring him along on Wednesday to protest the drag queens. That would be a twist. <laughs> Probably be a bad parent if I did that too, though. Oh my gosh. By the way, that conversation that we had about the dental work that I got from Dr. Sean Albuquerque, New Mexico, I got a bunch of emails from people with similar stories. Of that doctor specifically? Of that or doctor just... doing really sadistic childhood dental work on them. There's probably a way to track this person down then. Let me know, uh, live chat, if you have the same experience. This was Let's a Dr. Sean in Albuquerque, New Mexico. For what she's done. In like 1993, she filled a bunch of cavities of mine with no anesthesia that, and the cavities did not exist hmm. for profit. Real psycho. Let me know. Shoot me an email if you have a similar story about her. Hillbilly Deluxe. One guy in the chat, Alex Godai, called it BIPOC. So there's your gender, race, infected, diversity. Uh, how <laughs> did, thank you. It's, of course. The, just like Jen Blackie, the proper pun was right there. And my my... My mind is going the way of Joe Biden himself. I don't see the obvious ones. Pox of color. That's fine. Color, but by pox, pox, clearly the yeah. choice. It's, it's really good. I need to hire writers around here. The, the good news is the Colbert writers are about to get fired, maybe. So maybe I can yeah. bring some of them. I guess best way to ruin the show, hire some Stephen Colbert writers, too. <laughs> it would be so bad immediately. Uh, um, yeah. If you think the jokes are subpar now, just wait yeah, until really, we bring wait. in the new staff. Uh, these memes write themselves. Happy Father's Day, Mountain Blonde Husband. Thank you so much. Thank you. Boogeyman says, ar, ar, ar. we still have that sounder somewhere. Uh, it's in here. It's uh, it's around. Synergy Force says, happy jog teenth to you, Matt and Blonde. Uh, jog teenth. Jog teenth. I like that. 
Um, let's see. Eric Nervik said, I thought it was funny in a sick sort of way that Twitter three days ago was spreading a rumor that Putin had a coma and then Biden falls from his bike. <laughs> they are saying that Putin is in poor health, uh, like blood cancer or something like that. But Whatever. I don't know. It's just Intel sources say, and we know how much we trust them uh, for a variety of reasons. Shaniqua says, Matt and I once monkeyed around. Get your mind out of the gutter. We just went jogging, playing basketball. Then he left his family for me. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't want to hear any more of these lies. P.S. Matt is as likely to get a hit piece as Andrew is to get fired. Andrew who? Someone who's not at all likely to get fired. Uh, I lost the reference. I don't know. Sorry, but your point is taken. I'm not going to get a hit piece. Um, Brady Sutliff, Matt and I did not make love. We ate pizza and drank milk. Needless to say, the night was ruined. Get your shot together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not a bottom friendly menu choice. So that doesn't Good sound like Lord. A, that doesn't sound peachy or clean. Um, Gizmo to a low down money grabber. Keep up the great work, Matt. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the exclusive recognition. Exclusive recognition. Yeah. <laughs> Throne 204. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you. Wicked masshole. My socialism is overused, but the economic ignorance regarding oil from the White House is socialist insanity. A strong republic keeps people like this from gaining power, but our watchmen really mailed it in. They hmm. can't, they, they cannot possibly be acting in ignorance. No, I, I can't. Uh, I know everybody, I, I think people rightly say you should assume um, you should assume stupidity or incompetence over malice, but at some point the the pattern has to exhaust all of that uh, charitable interpretation. You know, these these yeah. these people. There's something deliberate about what's happening. Here. Are we are we in fact watching an intentional controlled demolition of our economy? Yes, clearly. If they were trying to do that, would it look any different? Yeah, these people. I'm I'm not joking when I talk about a, a Harris presidency or anybody else. If they just sat around and stopped doing things, it would be an improvement. Like just stop doing anything. Stop enforcing right. any federal law, any regulation whatsoever, and it would be an improvement. I'm not saying it would be a utopia world, but it would be an improvement. There are active steps that are being taken to put the state of our country and our economy into a yeah. worse condition. I have no doubt about that. I don't think it's I don't think you have to assume I don't think it's unwise to assume malice when malice is so consistently demonstrated for not just months, but years on end at this point. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Mike Newman was parking my motorcycle this week when I thought of blonde from a recent Colin show, saw a penny and a nickel on the ground, pick them both up. What there these- you go. Oh, are we talking about what amount of money we would pick up off the ground? I think you accused me specifically. Didn't you say you seem like the kind of guy who would pick up a penny off the ground? <laughs> That's really mean, and I'm sorry, <laughs> hey, but man. also true. In this economy, you gotta you gotta grab it. I think you made um, the right choice, Mike. Alex, good eye. I have no idea how much money this is or what currency this is. Maybe it's Ukrainian. It starts with a U. <laughs> Frank Underwood, how dare you try to be? Uh, what does that mean? Natural? 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 I don't know. And isolate yourself from the internet is it in his accent you slave yeah who will talk to me about nutrients ah ah this is i think this is meant to sound like frank if you listen to the and Falaccio. there we there we go yeah. who will tell me to choose soap love from you are gay <laughs> uh, oh it's from it's uruguayan oh. right 
must be. Uruguay is the funniest named country on the planet. You yes. are Guay. <laughs> France Ferdinand. Matt and I did nothing. I can't watch tonight because we're moments from going to the ER to deliver my twin girls via C-section. Oh. Obviously, sending a super chat is a priority. Love you all. Congratulations. <laughs> Good luck. Thanks for keeping your priorities straight and congratulations to your family. It's great yep. news. Esoteric Unbound. The Fed typically wouldn't do a rate increase this high and risk recession so close to an election, but they know we're already in a deepening recession with inflation approaching political realignment levels. Yes. And I think that they're going to they're going to cook the books again. So it doesn't really matter. Hmm. Um, like my antlers. I don't get to watch live anymore. So I haven't been donating like I should. I'm going to make it a point to contribute. You guys, you, you guys deserve every penny. I feel like I need to tell our audience that we are acutely aware that we are entitled to none of this. Of course. Yeah. We have no entitlement at all. And, uh, you know, I don't want to talk about the shilling because I've done that a couple weeks in a row now. But, yeah, I, I couldn't be more sincere in my appreciation for everybody who chooses to support the show because that's the only way that it happens. And that's true whether you're a super chatter or you're a dollar a month supporter or even not everybody certainly in current conditions can support financially. If you're just the sort of person who shares it with somebody who might be inclined to listen to it, that's how you get new eyes and ears and uh, potentially additional support for the show too. To the extent that I, uh, that you mention support for the show and, and wanting to contribute every penny, I will remind super chatters, not that, uh, YouTube is is a great system. We use it, uh, but you know, as far as every penny, uh, Susan Wiki Wiki gets a, a healthy percentage of those uh, of those super chats. Just be aware. Uh, uh oh, and, I just lost my place. And Tippy Stream is in. Not that I'm discouraging super chats. It's just as far as the every penny thing. Susan on YouTube likes to scoop every penny. Um, she truly does. And Tippy Stream is a is a. A way to deny her that um, there are some other options as well. I only bring that up just because uh, if that's very important to you, uh, isolating Susan might also be important. Anyway, thank you for your support. <laughs> Greatly appreciated. Robin D. Banks, blonde, you're killing it with that red lipstick. Seriously looks awesome. The reason that you uh, stream Futinari is the FBI is monitoring your browsing. It forces them to watch it while you're at work. <laughs> Thanks for the comment. Though. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, how many of Blonde's views are FBI views? How many of my views are FBI views? I don't know. I don't really care. Like, hmm. I just, what are they going to find that I don't yeah. already say on the stream? Um, General Grievance. Rust was an epic COD map. I remember a sick 2v1 360 no scope <laughs> collateral damage shot by Alec Baldwin. Oh, wait, that was this whole other thing that's uh it's it's a joke it's a little deep but if you are a call of duty player you'll get it there's a famous map on modern warfare 2 called rust and rust was where you went often to settle disputes like oh you think you're good 1v1 me bro that's where a lot of internet disputes were settled were on was on rust and of course rust was the title of alec baldwin's movie uh the set in which he shot two people i don't know if alec baldwin did the 360 no scope though he might I think he just did the uh, the clumsy quick draw, and that's how that one went. Maybe a quick Yikes. scope of sorts. I don't know. But yes. Uh, In that same Ron Howard documentary, there was a, a whole, I think maybe a whole episode on like gaming culture and mm. how people speak to each other and they're and swatting yeah which is why i wanted to watch in the first place and then there was like this clip of this girl gaming with these guys and one of the guys was like you're a giant like mud flapping whore and she was just like <laughs> 
it was just people berating each other and stuff. It was so funny. You probably should watch it. It was episode one. It probably would be my kind of entertainment. That was the best part of online gaming before they really cracked down on it. It was just, you could say anything. Oh, the best shit talking, man. I I feel like you would have, if you understood it, you would really appreciate the horrifically toxic shit talking. Oh, that's good. I think it's good for people. Uh, We're talking like late. Really, it was like Halo 2. So like mid 2000s through roughly around 2013, 2014, 2015, they started cracking down on it. But like late 2000s Call of Duty and Halo. Oh, just an entertainment form in itself. Strangers yelling at each other on the Internet. The worst things you've ever heard. But don't you think that that cultivated an atmosphere of like cathartic release? Um, I certainly found a broad level of entertainment and enjoyment in it. And to say the best I can for it, it helped me connect with friends and family who were living far away. And that was how we sort of quote unquote hung out. And you uh, called them a faggot. Right. There was a lot of toxic male bonding, I suppose. But the downside is it's just like anything else. It's virtual. You know, the, yeah. the time I spent playing too much Call of Duty, that's time I didn't spend on myself. That's time I didn't spend making real life social connections. I don't think it's either or, but retrospectively, I should have managed that time better. I should not have spent as much time on Call of Duty as I did. But, but maybe you needed to because of the place you were in your life. And, and of course, uh, finding those encounters to be funny is why I got on YouTube. And that is ultimately responsible for this channel and this show in a weird, indirect way. So life leads you down strange paths. If I never did that, I'd still be doing something else that I hate instead of doing something like this that I love. So. And if I didn't watch TV while smoking weed all the time for like seven years, then I also wouldn't be doing <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I regret the time that I've wasted. Esoteric Unbound. Today for Father's Day, my eldest daughter gifted me with this seven movie collection of the Tremors what? franchise. Hopefully one day Matt's progeny will show him the same love and respect. I'm sure he'd love that. All right. One day if my son comes to me and says, Dad, I want to have a serious talk with you. Tremors is a good movie. Perhaps I will okay. be moved. Perhaps I will be. Is there a pun to be made there? Perhaps I, I will be tremored. No, there's nothing. I don't know. I tried to make some kind of moving don't start on unless you got something lemon. Yeah, that's why we're hiring Colbert writers. Can't wait. Say the N word. I know what you say. Uh, surprisingly, I've been taking some ED medication for my sunburn. It doesn't cure it, but it keeps the sheets off of my legs at night. No, that's sounds helpful. I suppose. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's approved for that use, but. All right. Brandon, let's go. Mental note, reinforced doors be prepared for 20 poorly trained feds. I know. She's probably like, uh, what's Let's go, Brandon. Never forget that Brandon Lesko has tricked a lot of uh, journalistic outlets. Had a good run. Needs to come back. People need to start referring to themselves in news interviews as Brandon Lesko again. That was great. Anna Hitch. Um, oh, I have to respond to your email. I'm sorry, Anna. Uh, Dr. Simone Gold has been hugely outspoken against the pandemic since the mid since mid 2020. She lost her hospital job for this and prescribing uh, IVM and HCQ. I still can't say those, right? I think you I don't know. I mean, the eye drug and the HQ drug. Yeah, I think you can say those things at this point. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. Not probably not worth it uh, to COVID patients. This is payback for that, in my opinion. You're totally right. It's exactly what's going on. It's punitive. Well, and I know it's like stupid anecdotal internet evidence and therefore not necessarily real evidence. But again, like the people, the the high profile blue check people I saw wanting her medical license revoked. All that is, they just see her as 
they see some blood in the water to the extent that she might have technically committed some low level crime. They just want to leverage that to punish yeah. her for all the other things that they don't like her for. Show me the man and I'll show you the crime. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm sure whether it's vaccines or drugs that she thinks are effective or just her skepticism about masks or any other just when there's blood in the water, they're going to get you. And that's all this really is. She has some blood in the water. The powers that be would like to get her. Oh, exactly. Um, Robin D. Banks, if someone says they only receive X royalties per year, but don't have to tell you what royalties they get or how much, why would you believe them? They're telling you you shouldn't have uh, you shouldn't in the same sentence. I, I don't know if Fauci disclosed any actual records to your point. Uh, well, yeah. Why couldn't he lie? He if there's no mandatory yeah. disclosure, then there's there's no mandate that he has to tell the truth either. I, I'm pretty sure he was under oath. So if he were to like fabricate numbers and that were to be revealed, he'd probably be uh, in theory subject to a perjury prosecution. Mm-hmm. But uh, we all know there have been plenty of, of lies. I mean, he's he's made you perjure yourself indiscriminately if you're a leftist. It doesn't matter. He has all but lied with uh, Rand Paul and other members of Congress under oath before on a variety of topics. So although fabricating numbers outright would be not borderline perjury that would be as as open and shut a case of perjury as, as could he under oath? did he really perjure himself uh he's had other um borderline what's the word perjurious or just perjury statements uh related to the funding of the wuhan lab in the past mm-hmm. there have been accusations of perjury about that okay. in this case i believe he was under oath but what i'm saying is if he straight up made up royalty numbers that are not in fact true and he has no documentation to show it. If that could be shown, which to Robin's point, kind of the point that they don't have to disclose means they don't have to prove it. But if you had, if you had evidence to show he made these numbers up, he lied. How well, what, what else would that be besides perjury? That's not dancing around the edges and being careful with your language. That is you made up fake evidence and submitted it to Congress. That's true. So be hard to deny that one. Um, N word, F word, big surprise that Shylock was able to quote his royalty amount to the cent. It's almost like his people are greedy and shall we say covetous of every shekel they can get their clawed hands on. You are, you're a naughty boy. The Italians, the, Itali- yeah. the spaghetti people. Of course. Yeah. Ah. Those Italians. Mamma um, mia. <laughs> Michael Anderson. Thank you. Going forward, I'm going to be very disappointed if you two don't reenact videos you can't show us using an array of stuffed animals or sock puppets. Buy the puppets. Do the shows we're waiting. That would be really funny. I have a little hatchet. and Clearly, I need to reevaluate like, my system. Allahu Akbar. That's what's frustrating, though, is because seriously speaking, I jump through hoops with YouTube to try to, to make sure this, yeah. that stuff like that doesn't happen. That's he really does. Reason, he spends a lot of time doing that. Every that's week. the reason I, I put it through this whole other side channel and try to screen them to make sure that Susan's algorithms and bots don't pick it up is so that I know when a clip is ready to play, number one, um, that it's available. But number two, that if I put it in my stream, that Susan isn't going to punish it because if it gets punished on this channel, that's much more of a disaster than if it's punished if, on some yeah. throwaway side channel that doesn't matter. So that's why I do it. But and then he yeah, checks I, before the show after he does all. The I know work. I, I run through and make sure they play because this has happened before. And it's just uh, once again, it's like Susan is uh, the, the, Joe, the Joe Biden or whoever else of you two. Just get out of the way. And all you have to do, Susan, just like all Joe has to do with the oil uh, company. Do nothing. Just, just 
sit back and watch all the problems go away. Cause yeah. all we want to do is make a show and we, and you're taking a cut of the money that that show generates. And truthfully, I don't really have a problem with that because you've created yeah. the infrastructure that allows us that to do we this. like, we like YouTube. Sure. It works well. I love the system. Other than the censorship, I, I really have no complaints. But yeah, the, 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 she has to meddle. So she has to take a cut and then also meddle in the show's production. Oh, no, you can't yeah. show this. By the way, there was nothing wrong with what I wanted to show. There was nothing graphic. I took the time to censor out the image of the guy so that you wouldn't actually see him get shot. I spent probably 20 minutes this morning doing that edit unnecessarily. Right. Because Susan will just delete it anyway. This, these are the hurdles that she but throws. But it led you to doing this show, so it's fine, right? Uh, it's uh-huh. one of the costs of doing business. But to, to Michael's point, it's it, like, yeah, it's funny to think of that actually is probably more productive. Just plan on making a puppet show instead of actually trying to work within Susan's system. Like it might that. come off as lower budget or not as high effort, <laughs> but it's more likely to succeed. Um, quadraphonic toppling. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Jonathan Prezios, always pull the video from a website as fast as you can. I can link you the one which I use seems to work well. And it can you and it can videos others can't. Once you have the video, you can easily blur and always have it. But we did that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not it's not that I don't have it. And I appreciate that because that's good advice. Like when you see something on the Internet that's you have use for, but it's kind of controversial. Uh, it's always handy to download a, right. a local copy of it. So point taken on that. But in this case, what's what I'm doing is I'm taking that clip, editing it to make sure that it's as YouTube compliant as I can make it be, and then posting it on a throwaway YouTube channel to make sure that Susan's not going to ding me for playing Before it the show. on this show. Right. And in this case, she didn't until like an hour before the show. They're all unlisted too. It's a clip that nobody can even find. You can't even publicly search it on YouTube. So, das pooch. Yeah. Matt, first you lose a clip for the soundboard and now a clip of the shooting. I Download know. that shit from YouTube and play the files locally, my dude. But the, but the Love prob- the show. You guys are otherwise great as always. We know. But that's the problem. And I, I get your point that if you have them stored locally, you can play them. However, if I do that and the we wrong We don't know clip, if it's going to get dinged on this show. Then this channel potentially gets taken yeah. down and that's hugely damaging. Right. So it's it's... I understand what you're saying and I agree with the the aims. Trust me. It's just that operating in Susan's world has to make me take additional precautions. And the other thing is the way we play, play clips, I need to have it through a system that blonde can actually hear it real That's time. It, yeah. And that has some other complications as they relate to the rest of the production of the show. It's all a shoestring duct tape operation and it's just, it's my way. I don't way. know, not really. <laughs> it's I mean, my way. <laughs> every week we make it happen. And by we, I mean you. And we've been doing it for over six years now. It finds a way, like uh, life in Jurassic Park. It does find a way, but it's just like, just get on, just please stop. Don't make it harder than it is. And of course yeah. they have to make it harder than it is. Trav to the world. My proposed compromise, the IRS should be abolished until it is. It should be renamed the Wealth Confiscation Agency and all purchases of guns and ammunition should be tax deductible. <laughs> Ethan Johnson agreed I'm conservative I'm pro trans kids but only for lib kids and only for blue states libs aren't are already aren't having children if they are sterile if they sterilize the kids they do have that means less libs in the future when I don't know these kids didn't ask for any of this shit yeah I mean I gather it's kind of tongue-in-cheek obviously but you know punishing the kids for their degenerate parents um 
I wouldn't be on board with that, but uh, I get your comedic point. Uh, so Jonathan Prezius. I freaking love the movie Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, but can't understand why everyone loves Dumb and Dumber so much. There's something wrong with me. No, I mean, you, you, you think what is funny, what you think is hmm. funny. To me, Ace Ventura and that sort of brand like that, the mask brand of Jim Carrey is much harder for me to tolerate. There's some of that exaggeration in Dumb and Dumber, but it's it's a more subtle performance for him. I know that Dumb and Dumber is not really a subtle movie, but by Jim Carrey standards in, say, Ace Ventura or The Mask, it actually is a more subtle performance. Jim Carrey, for as much as I actually despise the guy like personally like as a public figure yeah. and his political opinions i actually really love a lot of his movies i don't like ace ventura or the mask but i love eternal sunshine of the spotless mind like a serious role for him i love dumb and dumber um i just i i guess i probably should hate his work i have all the reasons in the world to hate his work because he's a very annoying person in real life but yeah yeah oh yeah know. that had um kate winslet in it yeah that was on my um, list of uh, movies. It did not at Jurassic Park one, but Eternal Sunshine was on I the like list. I like the movie, yeah. yeah. Um, Jared, I used to live in Japan due to the Navy. The show goes live around 11 to 12 a.m. on Mondays. That'd be fine. Hmm. That'd be totally 11 fine. in the morning, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, no, a.m. Well, 12 a.m. is like midnight, but 11 a.m. It says 11 to 12 a.m. Okay, so it must be 11 a.m. Okay, that was confusing. I could look this up and solve it, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Logan or on the brink of a potential depression, do I quit my job and start my own business or just write it out for now? That's tough. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Well, uh, d- I guess for me, it would depend on what your current circumstances are. Yeah. Um, if you, uh, as I've said many times, um, if you're in position to take a gamble and leave mediocrity in pursuit of something that you really have a passion for, generally I'm in favor of those sorts of moves because you'll regret not trying and if you and you don't know what you're missing out on and if you fail you can try something again and you can go back to a mediocre job that you're not in love with anyway in all likelihood um however it is a risky time to do that right now i guess if if you're in a a position of great security at the moment i might hang on for a little bit yeah uh, yeah. because that security is of higher value today when opportunity is going to be harder to come by i think in in the coming years but if if you're in a situation where the job that you currently have is, is not necessarily paying the bills or you actively can't stand doing it or something like that. Yeah. It's a, I'm sure it's a very tough time to start a new business. However, the reality I think is that there's never truly an easy time to do that. When you start your own business, you're going to be working all the time and you're going to be working as hard as you can. So maybe, maybe that doesn't matter as much in this context because when it, when your survival depends on it, whether it's uh Good times are bad. You're going to be putting everything you have into it. So depends on what your current circumstances are. If they're stable and you like them, maybe hold off. If they're anything less than that, take a shot. Yeah. Might be a good time to take a risk. I don't know. Um, Sadie N-word, last one. Uh, what did the banana say to the vibrator? Why are you shaking? She's going to eat me. I guess that's what we're going to end on. Okay. I do have uh, some more over on Tippy Stream. So that does not, in fact, get the closer good uh just a couple here incompetent hands says uh missouri new jersey new mexico california washington idaho blonde isn't a fed she's carmen san diego yeah you know your uh 
uh, you know, you're voting in all of those states, right? Seriously, where have you not lived? Actually, that's that's true. Your list of states that you've resided in is pretty long. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty long. Guaranteed you voted for Gavin Newsom five times in the last recall. Oh, effort. yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Discount Dragon Studios. A dollar a month for the next 12 months. Blonde, I have an artifact for your collection on my site. Uh, the... There is a, a website here, but I'll tell you what, if you want to get this information to Blonde, there is a form to send her email on the contact page of the website. You can send her that link there. Um, it's the first item shown, but Blonde, if you want the website, it's Discount Dragon Studios. Well, I'm confused because it says site, but it's also an email address at gmail.com. Just shoot me an email, blondeinthebellyofthebeast at gmail.com. Yeah, let's try that so we get it right. Uh, P.S. Go see everything everywhere all at once it is amazing pps you rule is i've that a, heard that what, what is it a movie or it's a movie uh, it's on netflix i don't i don't know hmm. well thank you for the uh, kind words and for the channel support appreciate it discount dragon studios also says blurg my website with oh well yeah this would help <laughs> the website with the artifact is actually discount dragon dragon studios.com there you go uh but here is another 12 bucks over the next year. Well, thank you for that. P.S. Uh, she still lives in a castle tower and he is still in a basement. But Beauty and the Beta is outdated. Well, I'll never uh, I can't get rid of that tagline. And no, uh, thank so you, good. by the way. And I know the first one was an accident discount dragon. So if you actually want me to refund one of those transactions, I can do that for you if you send me an email. Um, but yeah, uh, live from a castle tower in his mother's basement. I definitely don't want to ditch that. And I, I did have... Um, one of the new signups to support the show jokingly asked me, do you actually live in your, your mother's basement? And, you know, of course I, I do not, <laughs> but that is also a holdover from video game culture. Those, yeah. those fights that you would always get in. Oh, but you live in your mom's basement. So I just, I embraced it. I've never actually lived in my mom's basement as an adult. I guess I did live at home the first summer or two of my college years, but kind of, I mean, everybody kind of does. I've never really lived as an adult in my mom's basement these days though. It's like, I I can envision a scenario. If it wasn't for this audience, actually I would be living (laughs) in my mom's basement. (laughs) So I appreciate that you guys keep me out of there. Uh, Thank you for that. But, uh, but yeah, I'll never, I shouldn't say never, never say never, but I I, I don't want to get, it's not even, as far as the name change and what are we a year and a half removed from the name change? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's just like a simplicity and an approachability, you know, like at some point I think you kind of yeah. outgrow the gag. Well, that the you, old yeah, you name don't want was. your show to be the name of like an inside joke, you know, which it, yeah. And it was, and it was, and that's fine. Like the inside jokes are fun, but uh, a little, a little simplicity and, uh, I don't know. I'm becoming, I'm slowly becoming an old man. I don't want to be even a joke old man beta male, which (laughs) which I was on the path to becoming, or maybe some would say I still am on the path to achieve. You could do it if you wanted to, but I, yeah, I I could, if I wanted to, I just don't want to, I could, I could quit at any time. (laughs) All right. We are all set. Uh, We're good on YouTube. Yeah. One more. Okay. Um, Jared, I messed up the 12 a.m. thing because midnight is zero, zero, zero military. I can never remember what Got which 12 is supposed to be the a.m. Yeah, it's yeah. 10 a.m. in in Kyoto. So ah. I assume they're all in the t- same time zone. Got it. All right. Anything else? Uh, no. Thank you guys so much. It was a fun right, show. We, 
we got past the hour and I didn't even notice. Uh, but appreciate all you guys hanging out with us live. Appreciate you guys supporting the show with your super chats and your many offensive Juneteenth Father's Day jokes, too. You know who you are. Uh, if you're listening later on demand, thank you kindly as well for tuning in and supporting the show. Remember, if you're looking for more to listen to, we have extra listening material, uh, including the replays of Wednesday's call-in show, Blonde's interviews, some of uh, interviews I've done on other channels, extra material you might not find on our YouTube channels. You can listen back to that on the audio platforms of the show, linked in the description and over on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. Speaking of anything show-related, head on over to the website to find it, mattchristensenmedia.com. We'll be back next Sunday. Because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it is not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night. And happy Father's Day.